Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender, and there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. Conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Tonight we got a special show starting our new time here on Bard's Logic at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we'll see how things uh, work out there. Uh, but tonight we will be doing some live streaming from the 2016 Republican National Convention, uh, Day Three. Uh, we'll be listening to some of the speakers as well as making our commentary. And shortly we are waiting to hear from Virgil Goode, who was uh, the constitutional uh, presidential candidate, uh, or the Constitutional Party presidential candidate in 2012. He was also a U.S. congressman from 1997 until 2009. And uh, currently he is there at the convention as one of the Virginia in the Virginia delegation. Uh, so we're looking forward to hearing him calling from uh, the convention. Uh, you will not be calling from the floor uh, because of as a earlier conversation we had today. Uh, he's not going to be able to hear us. He's going to be just too loud for him to actually call into uh, the show from there. Uh, but he will be calling us from outside of the convention, and we will uh, hear from him shortly. Uh, we also may also hear from the founder of Overpasses for America, James Neighbors. Uh, we may be able to get him in tonight, as well as uh, Watch the Vote uh, founder, uh, Jim Conda Jr. So we're hoping to hear from them as well. But, of course, the main thing is we uh, are going to do is have our commentary on uh, tonight's uh, convention, and we'll also uh, be hearing from uh, the different speeches uh, so we'll also like to hear uh, your commentary on that, uh, as well as us here on uh, Bard's Logic. Now, last Wednesday, I was taking a little hiatus, and I heard the news that, you know, Gingrich was not going to be the VP. Uh, needless to say, I was uh, somewhat upset uh, to hear that. 
but, you know, we're going to move on. Uh, perhaps it'll be another position such as chief of staff or the secretary of state for New Gingrich. Uh, supposedly uh, tomorrow night when Trump is doing his speech, he's going to allude to who he's going to have to be on his cabinet. And uh, I do see some folks called in, some of the panelists, so if you're ready to chime in, just push the one on the number dial, and I'll get you into the show as we uh, wait for Virgil uh, to call in. And right now, uh, Daryl Scott, uh, the New Spirit Revival Center Ministries, uh, one of their senior pastors, is on the convention uh, right now doing his speech. Uh, So perhaps we can uh, hear a little bit. Well, no, we've got a couple folks uh, who want to go ahead and chime in, and then we'll bring that in. Of course, we may have to cut folks off uh, when some of the highlighters are going to be on, uh, so uh, I apologize for that. But first, uh, we've got two folks from Florida uh, there, but first, let's go ahead and bring in Cindy. Thank you very much, Cindy, for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Um, Great. I well, guess that's that good. Another- good. I'm still a little sore about Gingrich not being the VP, but I'm trying to get over that. Go ahead. Has another 386 call been calling in because that's Alan trying to get on. Oh, yes, Alan. Now, is he at the convention as well? or is? Yes. Okay, well, I do have uh, that on the line, so let's go ahead and open that up. Uh, is this Alan on the line I just opened? Yes, it's Alan. Yes, hey, Alan, thank you very you? much for coming to the show. Go ahead, Cindy. Thank you. Um, Alan, I just want to tell you all who Alan is. First of all, Alan is our committee man from here in Volusia County, and uh, he and I work together on the Volusia Soil and Water Conservation District Board, and uh, he is running for um, property appraiser here in our county, too, so if anybody's listening, vote for Alan Burton. (laughs) Anyway, so... um, There you go. Good good plug, good plug. So, Alan, basically, we we want to know um, what's your ma- what is your general feeling about the convention? I'm going to ask you some specific questions too, but what's your general feeling? Uh, thanks, Denny. I I have been rather uh, taken by the number of people that have uh, had personal relations with um, Donald Trump and business or. Uh, starting a business and listening to his family uh, talk about the love and respect they have for him. And I've also listened to uh, Rudy Giuliani this morning at breakfast. He also knew him personally. And I'm just rather uh, overwhelmed that those people that know him personally have such high regard and respect for Donald Trump and uh, that's much more than just the images that's, that have been shown on television and things like that. But uh, I, I was really uh, moved by it. All, all the people that have gave their personal testimony for him. You know, I heard his son, of course, it's a son, but I heard he gave a really stirring uh, speech last night uh, that a lot of folks in different panels and things of that nature were saying that, you know, that kind of humanized Trump. I mean, we see him on the campaign trail. We've seen him on the, uh, what I call non-reality reality shows, uh, and, and okay. I don't think that's a you know a good indication of, of who the real Donald Trump is. Uh, I, I think um, Rudy Giuliani, he was saying 
I've listened to him talk twice in the last two days. One was at the convention floor. The other was at breakfast this morning. And he, he said, I, I never talked about the generosity of Donald Trump when he was helping the first responders after 9-11, other, other people who were trying to start businesses. And he, he doesn't want people to know because it was anonymous, but he did it. And he, he, they're saying he, he is very generous. And when they talk to him, he's very um, um, gentle and kind and understanding, and he listens. And he responds appropriately. So I was really moved by the, the personal uh, contacts that other people have with him. And it was more than just Giuliani. There was a, there was a, um, a couple of the business uh, women that wanted to start their businesses, and he helped them. And he had one of his business partners on the night, and he said he's as reliable as, as the sun setting and the sun rising in the morning. So that, I was very impressed yeah. with that. I heard that guy's speech, and and I've all, I've been real impressed with that too because I always thought of Trump as kind of standoffish. But you know, this is really a fight between the old money and the new money, if you ask me, because the establishment RNC is old money, and this and here comes Trump, who's new money, and they you know how old money just does not like new money to come along and take a piece of the pie. But anyway, I, I got some specific. Um, Rules no. questions for you. I don't know how closely you followed it, but I'm looking at a few of the rules here, and I'm wondering uh, if they were followed um, according to the rules, uh, specifically Rule 37, the roll call uh, rule, Clause B. Did they follow that um, as far as the roll call and and um, you know not not allowing roll call? Did they follow that correctly? Uh, the RNC settled it correctly. There was a question from the floor from Alaska, and that was resolved with a, uh, a poll on the floor. That um, Speaker Ryan, well, he's, well, he's you know, um, Paul Ryan sent a team to have the Alaska delegation polled, and the rules of the RNC and the rules of the delegation from the particular state were stated properly and accurately, and that was reflected in the final vote. But I, I thought it was it was like, well, there's only just a couple of votes here uh, that are being questioned. But they, the RNC did go out, take the, the, uh, the poll, and it took, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes or so just for the one delegation to make sure they were, they were, uh, Counted uh, completely and accurately, so I, I felt I felt very confident that that Rule 37 was followed uh, to the letter. And and didn't that also occur with Utah? Uh, you, when the, the, again when when they say something from the floor, um, they can there's a there's a there, you could sit when they were talking about the delegates and then the RNC rules. Both of those have to stack up, and whatever uh, delegation may say that is inaccurate to the NR the uh, to the convention rules, the convention rules, especially for those bound delegates, uh, are are very clearly uh, delineated. There was one uh, bound delegate. Was it? It was. 
Oh, I'm, I'm thinking Vermont, but it's not Vermont. He, uh, Donald Trump had one bound delegate, but when the unbound delegates voted in that state, and it'll come to me as soon as I hang up, I know, there was three <laughs> votes for Donald Trump. So there were some flexibility for voting, uh, but there were also a number of states that had the un, a bound and unbound count, and that's why there was a, a, a roll call of states, and then there was a verification by the table behind them, and then the and then the uh, teller came out to the microphone and then talked into the microphone and read off the number of votes for each candidate. So they, okay. they did follow it. They did follow it. So I feel really confident with that. Okay. And then what about Rule 32, the suspension of the rules um, with a, a majority of delegates from seven or more states? And what about Rule 9 with the filling of vacancies in the nominations? Uh, the, Did they uh, have to fill any there, vacancies? There was a, no. No, no, no filling of vacancies. But the uh, nobody actually the challenge walked on out the, of the convention. I didn't see any. I, okay. What I saw, what I saw, was the. Um, oh, what was the other question? I was I'm, I'm visualizing, looking around. The, the, the rule, the rule thirty-two suspension of the rules. Oh, the um, the uh, um, what was it? Oh, there was a challenge on the floor. Uh, by nine states, and that was not true. Uh, there were there were only uh, five or six states, so there was no there was no um, threshold to put that challenge to the floor, and so that was an erroneous um, uh, motion that was placed on the floor. If you remember, uh, so you had you had to have nine of the majority of the delegates that were then challenge the rule and that they didn't have sufficient uh, numbers and in the uh, committee the the rules that were adopted were 77 to 22 so the chance to challenge those rules in committee did take uh, effect uh, last week and they spent hours on those rules and committee and the committee came out I believe it was 77 22 in favor of what was decided upon today. I mean, not today, but in the convention here. Okay, and um, one one more thing. Do you expect yeah. anything weird to happen when they introduce Donald Trump? Uh, anything weird? Uh, yeah, like you the never, know. never Trump you never know. walking out or anything. Uh, okay. You never know. What's, what's, it, like? Uh, but what's I, it like outside... What's it like outside the convention when you're trying to come in? Do you feel it like is threatened a three, by protests? It's a, it's a, it's a three-block um, perimeter, and every oh, okay. bus that comes in from the hotel uh, where, where I stay out, out 12 miles coming in goes to a checkpoint, and there are eight-foot um, barriers all around the perimeter. And then there is there is a number of, uh, of, um, of security in and around the um, the Quicken Center, and there's a tent that, that I really can't take a picture. It's a security area. You have to go through a tent outside to go through the metal detectors, et cetera, et cetera, to get into the Quicken Center. So, and then there's 
And then the security to this is a level one security. That is the same security level that is used for the um, uh, uh, State of the Union speech with uh, the President and the Joint Congress. So it, mm -hmm. this is the highest uh, uh, level of um, uh, security known in the United States. Uh, wow. Like race week and stuff, that's like, that's like one level down. So this is the top. Yeah. And I have not seen anything uh, in and around here that would show any problems with the, um, uh, with the security at all. Uh, okay, there was a rumor that there were, there was a bunch of people saying that a whole bunch of bikers were there to protect Trump. Is that true, or is that just a, a hype? I, ha I haven't seen them, and the rumors, as far as I'm concerned, those are rumors until I see something different. There are the okay. police that are, the, there's different types of levels of police here that are uh, guarding and monitoring the perimeter and I haven't seen any. There are I haven't seen any problems. There are protesters two or three blocks away, but they are very um, distant, and they can say what they want to say. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's it's blocked off around the Quicken Center. All right. Hey, we're we're going to let in yeah. Virgil Good, is who's a delegate actually, from Virginia. What? Go ahead. Right. He actually uh, if, if he, you yeah, he actually got around, off the line, but he will be. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he actually got yeah he actually got up the line, but he will be calling us back now. Uh, oh. Right now, and you know, I don't know if it's one of the main people we're wanting to see or hear from, is we do have uh, on the line now on the line. I'm going to be interesting, uh, but we do have uh, at the convention up right now Scott Walker. I don't know if anyone would like to hear from him or if uh, just like to can uh, continue off our conversation until we hear from Virgil. Well, th thank you very much for calling in, Alan. You probably want to get okay. back there. What speeches sure. are you looking forward to the most tonight? Well, I will say that Pam Bondi, Bondi spoke well. I think Rick Scott uh, got a great response from not only the Florida delegation but the rest of the convention. And Laura Ingram just lit this place up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but especially when she started talking about uh, those who – have not supported Trump yet to get on board. Yeah, yeah she looked right in the eye and says, yeah, okay, boys, you know, get your bruised eagles all together. And this place went crazy. And then and then when she said uh, about the media letting all all these, um, uh, I don't know, violations of Hillary our constitutional Gates. rights. Hillary Gates. They, we turned around and we were shouting uh, shame on you to the media. Uh, oh, good. They just awesome. let, they, they let all kinds of stuff go under the uh, uh, Obama administration. Uh, so the uh, the convention floor itself is much more energized today. So if that if that would help you and your listening audience, I'm glad I could uh, share that with you. Well, do you know? Well, I don't know if you were well, very real, um, quick, uh, real quick, real okay. quick, um I oh, do yeah. have Virgil back on the line. So uh, and, and you're okay. welcome, Alan, to, to stay on. Uh, but I do want to get uh, Virgil on. He's also calling yep. uh, from down there at the convention. And uh, thank you very much, uh, Virgil, for coming to the show. How are you? Fine, Robert. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Uh, it's great to hear from you again. Good to hear from you. Did you have a safe trip from, uh, I'm sure you did, from uh, Virginia to Florida back to Cincinnati? 
<laughs> but, uh, yes, we did. It was a long trip, right. but uh, it was well worth it. <laughs> Thank you. So, Mr. So, uh, Mr. Goose, you, go ahead. you're yeah. a, a delegate now from, from Virginia. That's correct. So and, um, you left you left the uh, Constitution Party then and went over to the Republican Party again? No. Well, what happened was um, I heard uh, Trump speak on uh, immigration, the need for the wall for Mexico, because, frankly, when I heard Trump's announcement, I didn't figure he would be in the race long at all. And then about two weeks later, he gave the talk about the need to build the wall, the need to seal the borders, and the need to preserve the integrity of our country. And uh, that sold me. None of the other Republican candidates uh, were addressing that issue, and I knew that some of the Republicans were actually open borders and amnesty-oriented. And uh, uh, it was so refreshing to hear that, I, I uh, uh, endorsed Trump. Uh, and, uh, and then yeah, we, we did a show on that, so you remember Go ahead, Tom. You know, I was going to say, so right. I don't know if it was a show you were able to make it with us or not, but yeah, we, we did a show uh, on his uh, endorsement of Trump. Go ahead, uh, Virgil. Right. You did that back in the, uh, I guess it was late fall, early, first of the part of the winter. <clears throat> so that's why uh, Trump really got me back and uh and that there are a whole lot of persons in rural parts of Virginia and rural parts of North Carolina and West Virginia, in the area where I'm from, he's going to get a lot of votes that normally voted Democratic uh, or stayed home. Yeah, and that's another thing I'm concerned about, Virgil. Um, you, you know, a lot of Democrats are saying that they're going to vote for Trump, uh, even some high-profile ones that used to be, you know, Reagan Democrats. Do you yeah, and, do you see uh, a at, problem? At home, a lady got a huge truck sign in her yard. Uh, she <laughs> voted for Obama in 2008 and 2012. Now she's gung ho for Trump. Awesome. And they woke up. Well, see, now I wonder if um, you know, as much as we're hearing in the media and in our own communities about people who have. Uh, decided to vote for Trump coming out of the Independent Party, the uh, uh, the um, the Libertarians, the um, uh, Democrats. Is it seems obvious that he would win against Hillary with all those? He's picked up a lot more um, Latino votes now. He's he's got. Supposedly, from what I last heard, 25% of the black vote, which is unheard of. So yeah, do you see day, that? He won't. Yeah, he's not going to get that great a percentage, but I, I think he will get uh, uh, more of the African-American votes than uh, Romney did and uh, more than McCain did and probably more than Bush did. Are you worried about voter fraud? I, it's a concern. uh and I, I don't know the voting procedures in every state. It, it, Virginia, uh, I wish we just had old paper ballots. I never voted in Congress for the to go to the voting machines that uh, basically help the makers of the computer voting machines. Uh, if you have a paper trail and the paper trail uh, is uh, left intact until uh, the election is filed, 
there's less chance of fraud. Uh, the way we vote in Virginia with our machines now, you mark a paper ballot, and the paper ballot is fed in the machine, and the paper ballots are retained. And uh, if you have a recount, you should look at the uh, paper ballot and uh, what's on the computer. Yeah. Well, um, and and this time, I see Donald Trump as somebody who will not lay over and play dead like Romney did uh, when there was obvious voter fraud, and he never prosecuted anything. And I see Donald no. Trump as someone with enough money to do that, so yeah, I feel bad. Yes, yeah, the situation is you've got to have the money to fight. Uh, I know in the election yes. where I lost, uh, I was ahead by about 350 votes. And then they found uh, uh, around 850 votes at a precinct in Charlottesville, and I didn't, I didn't get 10 percent uh, in that precinct. And uh, and uh, the guy uh, beat me. They just said they were laying up on the uh, uh, voting machine, and they forgot to sign them the night of the election. Oh well. <laughs> well. And and. and, and, I, and Another concern in the area of voter fraud is you have persons, uh, particularly students, they may vote at their home voting precinct and then come mm-hmm. and vote at the voting precinct and, uh, if it's the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, if it was uh, uh, Old Dominion and uh, Tidewater in, in Norfolk. Uh, and, yeah. and you have to, you, you've got to be able to check that and um, that in Charlottesville and find about 20, but the prosecutor wouldn't do anything they wouldn't make a difference in the outcome of their life. Yeah, well, you know, that's I I just think that's an area where I I think we can count on Trump to not allow as much as Romney did. Um, You're right. Now I am yeah. told that one of George Soros's uh uh persons that heads up uh uh, uh I think it's a voting machine company, uh, and he's on the board of one of Soros's companies. Uh, I'd hate to have George Soros in charge of the computers that do the calculating. And well, that's that's why I'm concerned. But yeah, I, think I think if Trump is out there, much. yeah. But I think if Trump yeah, is yeah. out there forcing people to count the ballots, the actual paper ballots, I think we're going to be in better shape. I think you're right, and uh, they know that Trump will, will roll over, as you so aptly pointed out. He'll fight him to the last uh, end on that. Well, um, are are you are you um, thinking? I, I asked this of Alan Burton also. Yes. Do you expect anything strange to happen when they inter- introduce Trump, like with the Never Trump people? Are they going to try to shout him down or walk off or anything like that? Uh, there are some never Trump people in the Virginia delegation, but uh, as of right now, they say they're not going to walk off. If they walk off, their seat is going to be immediately filled by an alternate. So if they walk, they walk, and they walk, that'll be that. We'll just, the yeah. seats will be immediately filled by uh, pro-Trump persons. Yeah. Is it, this is the last night, right? No, tomorrow. Oh, no, we got uh, – that's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was silly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Pence speaks tonight later on, and then uh, uh, Trump uh, winds it up tomorrow night. 
Now, what do you think of Pence? There's a there's a big uh, rift uh, between some conservatives and some um, uh, elite types that say the that Pence is not really a conservative. He's got problems with the TPP. He's got problems with um, Muslim, um, uh, you know, stopping the Muslims temporary moratorium. Um, so a lot of people were disappointed when he asked for Pence. Uh, what do you think about Pence? Well, uh, Pence uh, headed the uh, the conservative uh, study caucus when I was in Congress, and he did a good job. He is really solid on uh, uh, right to life, uh, solid on traditional marriage. Uh, he has them for some of the trade agreements, about uh, probably most of them. But he did say that... Uh, uh, in an interview I saw him, he, he, he kind of backed away from TPP, which I thought was uh, a good move. And uh, uh, now on immigration, he needs to be strong. But now he's, I can tell you there are a lot of uh, members of the House and the Senate uh, singing the right song now on that, that issue. They, uh, they, they've gotten uh, uh, educated by the voter turnouts in the Republican primary. If I had to attribute <laughs> the biggest single factor in Trump's right, well, let me tell you, if Trump had never said what he said about immigration, I wouldn't be here tonight, and I wouldn't even I wouldn't have uh, participated in the Republican process. I want I went and worked hard for Trump and got people to go to the mass meetings because of his stand on uh, uh, immigration, and I hope he sticks to it and not let anybody uh, uh, do any amelioration on his. Uh, Strong stand. He's telling it like it is, and citizens are fed up with the invasion. If the invasion is not stopped soon, we won't have a country, and we'll be we'll be on the path to third-rate status. Well, I, I I have I hold out great hope, especially after hearing um, all of his family and his friends and his business associates that that keep repeating over and over again how he's a man of his word, and when he says he's going to do something, he does it. I can't imagine somebody that lets their family and friends get up there and tell what a honest and straightforward guy he is. I can't imagine he would get into office and then not do what he said he was going to do. That would just be like the ultimate, um, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> talk about Their ultimate Yeah, trip. yeah. Uh, no, yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I I, and his, I, I think his family is a tremendous asset. They have uh, uh, enthralled many here at the convention. Yeah, that's awesome. So, how's the electricity been in the in the convention? Is everybody excited and fired up? Most are very fired up. A few of the cruise persons, and uh, I want to go back in and uh, hear cruise in a few minutes. I think. That, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll be having uh, that on. Yeah, he he will uh, uh, hopefully uh, uh, say even if he won't say much nice about Donald, say you got to go vote and vote against Hillary. So uh, hopefully he'll yeah. he'll say that much. I'm hopeful. I, I, yeah. and I'm a little optimistic that he will because they've got some signs out here which I think they're ready to ship on the floor. Uh, it says. Uh, uh, to the effect of vote for Trump by vote, vote against Hillary by voting for Trump, and if they will 
if Cruz will say that much, I think it'll be a, an asset for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Robert, you got any questions? Well, I think you uh, ran the gamut on there. You know, the one I was going to ask most was about uh, okay, I was just looking at uh, and see what's coming up next uh, for uh, our live stream that we're going to be having here. And I was going to ask right. you know, mostly about, you know, Pence uh, and things of that nature. And uh, Pence, as you said, Pence will be on tonight. Cruz will be on tonight. Uh, we're, uh, actually, Rubio is on right now. Uh, he's not live there at the convention, as you know, uh, Virgil. He is going, right. uh, you know, he is, I guess, going yeah, he, via yeah, something yeah. or other. Yeah, yeah. I, they, they may did you want to hear we have an alternative to Rubio here in the state of Florida for senator. What do you think um, is going to happen? Uh, his previous voters who are really upset about the Gang of Eight, do you do you think they'll back him or do you think they'll uh, jump ship? Because I'm actually probably going to jump ship. Who is the strongest one opposing Rubio? It's a guy named... Um, Bruton? Wait a minute. What is it? Um, I forget what his name. Oh, shoot. Bomb. Bomb. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know who is running in Florida. I, I know. I, I I wouldn't support uh, uh, Rubio in any Republican primary because uh, I thought he yeah. was weak on immigration. I, he was just yeah. that gang of eight thing is awful. If the country goes that way. We'll be we'll be sinking. It'll just be a little slower than oh, with Hillary and Virgil. Virgil. Yeah. Do you want to go? Ted Cruz just walked onto the stage. All right. I will. And Robert and uh, and, and your co-host is Cindy. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, one of our panelists here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you both. I enjoyed being with you, and uh, I hope to talk to you again. Thank yeah, you, we'll Virgil. Yeah, we'll talk soon. I just want to let you be able to get there because I'm sure you'd rather hear it live than hear it streamed and what we're getting about to do. Thank you very much, Virgil. Uh, enjoy, be safe, Bye-bye. and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, Robert. Let's Bye-bye. go ahead. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. And let's go ahead, and, and Alan's welcome to call, call back, too, if he wants to. But I know this is uh, something people want to hear tonight. So let's go ahead and get uh, this audio and go ahead and get the stream. You having trouble?
times of excitement, but given the events of the last few weeks, I hope you'll allow me a moment to talk to you about what's really at stake. Just two weeks ago, a nine-year-old girl named Caroline was having a carefree Texas summer, swimming in the pool, playing with friends, doing all the things a happy child might do. Like most children, she relied upon the love that she received from her mom, Heidi, and her dad, a police sergeant named Michael Smith. That is, until he became one of the five police officers gunned down in Dallas. The day her father was murdered, Caroline gave him a hug and a kiss as he left for work. But as they parted, her dad asked her something he hadn't asked before. What if this is the last time you ever kiss or hug me? Later, as she thought of her fallen father and that last heartbreaking hug, Caroline broke down in tears. How could anything ever be okay again? Michael Smith was a former Army Ranger who spent three decades with the Dallas Police Department. I have no idea who he voted for in the last election or what he thought about this one. But his life was a testament to devotion. He protected the very protesters who mocked him because he loved his country and his fellow man. His work gave new meaning to that line from literature, to die of love is to live by it. As I thought about what I wanted to say tonight, Michael Smith's story weighed on my heart. Maybe that's because his daughter, Caroline, is about the same age as my eldest daughter and happens to share the same name. Maybe it's because I saw a video of that dear, sweet child choking back sobs as she remembered her daddy's last question to her. Maybe it's because we live in a world where so many others have had their lives destroyed by evil in places like Orlando and Paris and Nice and Baton Rouge. Maybe it's because of the simple question itself. What if this, right now, is our last time? Our last moment to do something for our families and our country. Did we live up to the values we say we believe? Did we do all we really could? That's really what elections should be about. That's why you and millions like you devoted so much time and sacrifice to this campaign. We're fighting not for one particular candidate or one campaign, but because each of us wants to be able to tell our kids and grandkids, our own Carolines, that we did our best for their future and our country.
America is more than just a landmass between two oceans. America is an ideal, a simple yet powerful idea. Freedom matters. For much of human history, government power has been the unavoidable constant in life. Government decrees and the people obey. But not here. We have no king or queen. We have no dictator. We, the people, constrain government. Our nation is exceptional because it was built on the five most beautiful and powerful words in the English language. I want to be free. Never has that message been more needed than today. We stand here tonight, a nation divided. Partisan rancor, anger, even hatred are tearing America apart. And citizens are furious, rightly furious, at a political establishment that cynically breaks its promises and that ignores the will of the people. We have to do better. We owe our fallen heroes more than that. Now, of course, Obama and Clinton will also tell you that they care about our children's future. And I want to believe them. But there is a profound difference in our two parties' vision for the future. Theirs is the party that thinks ISIS is a JV team. And responds to the death of Americans at Benghazi by asking, what difference does it make? And it thinks it's possible to make a deal with Iran, which celebrates as holidays death to America Day and death to Israel Day. My friends, this is madness. President Obama is a man who does everything backwards. He wants to close Guantanamo Bay and open up our borders. He exports jobs and imports terrorists. Enough is enough. And I am here to tell you there is a better vision for our future, a return to freedom. On education, your freedom to choose your child's education, even if you aren't as rich as Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama. 
on health care. Your freedom to choose your own doctor without Obamacare. On taxes, your freedom to provide for your family without the IRS beating down your door. The Internet, keep it free from taxes, free from regulation, and don't give it away to Russia and China. Freedom means free speech, not politically correct safe spaces. Freedom means religious freedom, whether you are Christian or Jew, Muslim, or atheist. Whether you are gay or straight, the Bill of Rights protects the rights of all of us to live according to our conscience. Freedom means the right to keep and bear arms and to protect your family. Freedom means that every human life is precious and must be protected. Freedom means Supreme Court justices who don't dictate policy, but instead follow the Constitution. And freedom means recognizing that our Constitution allows states to choose policies that reflect local values. Colorado might decide something different than Texas. New York different than Iowa. That's the way it's supposed to be, diversity. If not, what's the point of having states to begin with? Now, Hillary Clinton believes that government should make virtually every choice in your life. Education, health care, marriage, speech, all dictated out of Washington. Something powerful is happening. We've seen it in both parties. We've seen it in the United Kingdom's unprecedented Brexit vote to leave the European Union.
Voters are overwhelmingly rejecting the political establishment and overwhelmingly rejecting big government. That is a profound victory, and it is one earned by each and every one of you. People are fed up with politicians who don't listen to them, fed up with a corrupt system that benefits the elites instead of working men and women. We deserve an immigration system that puts America first and, yes, builds a wall to keep America safe. Thank <laughs> you. 
so did the family of Alton Sterling, who bravely called to end the violence. So did the families of those murdered at the Charleston Emanuel AME Church, who forgave that hateful, bigoted murderer. And so can we. We deserve leaders who stand for principle, who unite us all behind shared values, who cast aside anger for love. That is the standard we should expect from everybody. And to those listening, please, don't stay home in November. love our country and love your children as much as I know that you do, stand and speak and vote your conscience, vote for candidates up and down the ticket who you trust to defend our freedom and to be faithful to the Constitution. Thank <laughs> you. 
the case we have to make to the American people, the case each person in this room has to make to the American people, is to commit to each of them that we will defend freedom and be faithful to the Constitution. We will unite the party, we will unite the country by standing together for shared values, by standing for liberty. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless the United States of America. Father trained us very well. We were with him on shop. Well, Cindy, what do you think about that? What do you think? Uh, they were well, willing to uh, have him endorse Trump and it never came out. There was a few moments I thought, eh, maybe. But you could see, I mean, because I'm looking at uh, some video as well uh, with our stream and just by the look of his face, you can tell that it's not going to happen. Well, at least he said, uh, I do like it that he said, uh, in, September, in November, don't stay home. Um, I yeah, guess she did say that. As, uh, I guess that's about as good an endorsement as he was going to give. He didn't say, stay home, go to the polls and vote for Trump. He just said, don't stay home. Right, he said, vote for people who your conscience has you vote for, which I can't complain yeah. about because when I was railing against Romney that's, that's in 2012, what, yeah, I was saying did, the yeah. exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I well, said just because I couldn't support I Romney his, didn't mean that you know anybody else could. Yeah. Well, I hope his never Trump people were listening uh, when he said, "Don't stay home." Hopefully, he. He meant that, but one thing more he needs to do to make sure that they get the message, uh, and that is he needs to circulate around his delegation not to walk out tomorrow night when they introduce Trump. Um, then then we'll see if uh, he really had any true uh, – because he can do that, you know. He he can circulate the information through throughout his delegates, uh, through his representatives and stuff that um, – that he does not want them to walk out. Ron Paul had a, a, um, knew exactly what his people were doing uh, at all times. He knew that they were going to walk out when they walked out. And um, uh, if they, if these people are going to walk out, they're planning to walk out. Cruz knows about it, and so he can stop it. But I've been trying to figure out why the Never Trumps are so viciously against Trump. Um, the only thing I can think of is one of two things is occurring. Uh, number one, the establishment is creating this hype so that they can undermine Trump and possibly hand it to Hillary because they don't really care. Mm. Um, you know, who's as long as as long as they're in control. You know, he doesn't care. Uh, the, the New World Order people, they don't care whether it's a Democrat or Republican. I think they kind of no, no. have an agreement between them to go back and forth. Uh, if you look at the last uh, few 
presidential elections. Um, uh, when Bush came in right after uh, uh, Reagan, <clears throat> that is like the only occurrence since then where Republicans had two, you know, succeeding uh, wins uh, for the presidency. But you'll notice they didn't let him have his second um, his second four years, and then it's gone back and forth. It, it went. Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama. And now it's kind of time for a Republican. But the problem is that Republican is not one of their good old boys. He's not Mm -hmm. their old money. He's not establishment. And they have no control over him. So uh, they're not so behind him. So this is why, uh, and that's why I asked Virgil what his, you know, opinion was going to be about um, the possibility of widespread voter fraud. And uh, if they want to really shut Trump down, they can allow that to occur. They're right in in the cahoots with um, with uh, Soros. So that's that is something that could be helped or hindered one way or the other. But anyway, the other thing, God forbid that, you know, this is the establishment creating this this viciousness against him. But anyway, if it's not that, then what we have is a bunch of genuinely appalled people. They're appalled at his blunt, direct, very coarse manner of speaking. They're looking for somebody that, they can be more presidential, less combative, you know, more diplomatic. But that is the opposite of what I want. In fact, there's a lot of us out there that are asking for exactly the opposite of that. I want someone that's going to stand toe-to-toe with Putin and the Chinese and anybody else and say, enough is enough. We're not giving away anything anymore. Stand there toe-to-toe with the Muslims, toe-to-toe with the president of Mexico, which we'll get to that in a minute, but that boy, that guy really backpedaled. And he's not going to be worried about hurting somebody's feelings with the truth. We need a tough negotiator overseas. We need a tough negotiator at the border on Capitol Hill. We need a tough negotiator to get his SCOTUS picks. Uh, We even need a tough negotiator with his own cabinet. He cannot let his cabinet go off helter-skelter doing whatever the heck they want with their own agenda, Um, Mm -hmm. which is what Obama basically let him do, but they knew what his agenda was, and they just, you know, went overboard to do it. Anyway, he needs to prove that he can do with the United States what he's done with his company, make a prospering business using ethical means while following the rules. Um, and, and I'm proud of the um, the way he forced the, the party into, into following the rules uh, during this convention. What do you think? Well, yeah, well, about following the rules of the convention, I think that what happened with the rules of the convention is that Paul Ryan got, stepped in 
that's saying, hey, folks, uh, and in cahoots with uh, Ryan's previous, Ryan's pubis, whatever you want to call him, um, in cahoots with him, and that's what all those meetings, and I, in my opinion, between Pence, I'm not Pence, uh, between, you know, Trump, uh, Paul Ryan, and Priebus, is that I think those guys got together, and that's why one of the reasons why Pence is his pick, because they're like, look, you pick Pence, and we'll get these never Trumpers, you know, to stop, you know, their shenanigans with trying to get these delegates. And I think uh, once he, you know, Trump gave the okay for that, you know, you know, he went to him and said, look, it's done. Because seriously, I mean, sure, I mean, it was done. I mean, right when, you know, pretty much right when Pence was announced as his running mate, I mean, it was done. It was dead. You know, so I think yeah. there's a lot of correlation in that. Uh, I believe we have Susan on the line. Let's go ahead uh, and get her in. Uh, Susan, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you? Fine, I'm tired for now. <laughs> uh, hey, Susan. Have- oh, no, that's okay. I think I think um, I think Kelly forgot that uh, we're doing our new time tonight uh, for the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what was the new time? Seven. Nine. Yeah, it's nine uh, o'clock. it's you know, yeah nine o'clock uh, Eastern time, uh, which is six oh. o'clock his time. Uh, right, it used Any to be of- seven o'clock his time, so. Oh, okay. I think I'm He's probably eating dinner. Yeah. Uh, well, I can honestly say I don't want anyone to stand up to Putin. I prefer Putin to many world leaders. So, um, I mean, there's a few things he doesn't. Sorry, I stand with Putin and I stand with Assad. Uh, so I hope that Trump, if he gets elected, or Hillary, because she's against both of them, too, uh, they can both blow off when it comes to that because I'll stand with them before I stand with either one of them. Well, I I uh, might have agreed with that um, up until a couple of weeks ago when he passed a new uh, forbidding of religion. Uh, there is no more freedom of religion in Russia now, and that was due to um, Putin's push. Um, so I, I I no longer trust Putin. And uh, of course, I, I didn't really trust him before because um, because of what he did in the Ukraine. I know people from there, and um, it, 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 what he did was um, not a good thing for for freedom in in the Ukraine. So um, there's there's some serious problems with Putin, and uh, I don't think we can trust him past where we can throw him. I think he's trying to put on a good face. Um, to, to get people, you know, less uh, afraid of him or less distrustful of him. But I think he'll turn around and bite us in the butt if we let him. Well, he's the one that's stuck in the New World Order as is, as is Assad. So, you know, anyone who well, does that. Well, okay, only, only because he's, he, wants it, he wants to be the leader of it, and he can't be. They, they, they're not going to let him. That's the reason he's against the New World Order. He wants communism to win out. He doesn't want the oligarchy of the New World Order. Well, well I have a couple comments. Go ahead. I was going to say, we also got a couple comments from folks on Facebook. We got Jim Connor Jr. from Watch uh, uh, the Vote on, and uh, we'll, we'll get him in. And, and correct me if I said that wrong again. Uh, <laughs> 
Joe, when you come on about watching the vote. But we had Pam Nelson from Facebook uh, stated that, you know, it's a good speech, but I'm not going to, but he's not going to endorse him, I don't think. And, and Pam, you're correct. Uh, he ended up not, as we've seen, uh, endorsing uh, Trump. So uh, we did do that. And we also had Terry Farrell on, said, great job, Ted. I can picture you in the Supreme Court. Uh, so go ahead and finish your thoughts, Susan. We're going to bring Jim in. Go ahead. I just found something by Phyllis Shafley. It's about Trump and Pence. And um, a free, free trade agreement, Pence's past views seem closer to his former colleague, Paul Ryan, than his new running mate. But on Trump's signature issue, like the resettlement of Muslim refugees from Syria, uh, the Indiana governor took Trump's style executive action even before Trump. So he's a kind of a, hmm, I don't know, he gets a D on one thing and an A-plus on another, so you just don't know what you're getting, I guess. So, um, and it, somebody said something about Senator Sessions might be in Trump's cabinet. Uh, so I don't know, That that's what they were speaking on the TV today. Where, uh, one, I don't know which channel it was on. Uh, but, um, yeah, Sessions, they they really believe Sessions will be there. And he is fairly conservative, so I don't know. But um, Sessions will be what? Sessions will be in his cabinet. That's what they think. Oh, okay. One guy well, I've heard some interview. people call. Well, I've heard some people calling, and we'll talk, of course, about Newt later, about Newt being Secretary of State. Uh, Newt has been talking about uh you know, and a lot of national security things of that nature lately. So maybe that's, uh, you know, that'll become fruition. Maybe some are even uh, saying chief of staff. I mean, heck, I'm even thinking about uh, making some bumper stickers or something. Uh, you know, Gingrich for Secretary of State or chief of staff or something. We'll we'll see that in the future. And uh, we've got some comment here, uh, and then we're going to bring Jim in uh, from Carolyn here uh, in the chat is, uh, uh, you know, just, Watching different commentary on Fox, C-SPAN, PBS, uh, and that's, of course, we always uh, agree with that, you know, to get different kinds of uh, intake from different places. And uh, But she didn't want to point out, Carolyn did want to, and thank you very much, Carolyn uh, Sheehan, uh, she did want to point out that Cruz did congratulate him on the victory. Um, and so uh, that that is true as well. And one of the things, uh, well, well, we'll do that after we get uh, Jim's commentary, because there was some things I want to point out that, I liked from his speech, um, but we can talk about later. Of course, that has to deal with uh, what you mentioned uh, today is the 47th anniversary of uh, the first uh, person on the moon, uh, and I really like to tie that in with uh, Eileen Collins, who was the first woman in space, uh, or at least to uh, pilot a, a space shuttle. And, and I really like the idea of them talking about uh, reinvigorating our, our space program. Uh, and I like what uh, Eileen Collins said about uh you know, making America's space program first again. But let's go ahead and no further ado, bring in Jim. Thank you very much, Jim, for calling to the show. Uh, did I get it right with uh, Watch the Vote? Right. Hi, Robert. Yeah, Watch the Vote is one of the groups. And then Guardians for Liberty has the seven principles of liberty, positive principles. And Watch the Vote is actually one of the principles, the, the honest election. So guardiansforliberty.com would be an interesting site for uh, people to look at who are looking for a positive uh, program that you know that uh, to, to rally around and um, uh, and to to you know basically to some extent put the the John Boehner Republican Party on track again because 
as we all know, while they talk a good game often, they haven't really, their actions have not been vigorous enough to beat back the, the Hillary's and the Barack Obama's. Um, I heard a little bit of the commentary here, Robert. Uh, let me give, if you would, do you want, do you want me to give my take on the current uh, Trump, Pence, Cruz, and all that stuff that's going on right tonight? Oh, certainly. Absolutely. Yeah, because we're going to go until uh, right now. Right now, Eric Trump is on. If that's okay, I, you know, we'll wait to see uh, who comes up next. But I do know I want to get Gingrich uh, his speech in when he comes on. So well, if no, that does come gonna... on while we're speaking, I don't want to rudely interrupt. It's going to be a while. Eric Trump's on, so I'm sure he's going to speak for a while. Go ahead, uh, Jim. Yeah, yeah no, definitely I'm cover gonna... all those topics. I'm not going to take a long time here. I, I mean, I here's my reading of it, and bluntly, okay. I was disappointed with Pence, and the reason is Pence – I don't know if any of you saw the, the press conference of Pence when he had signed the legislation to protect the – in effect, the, the wedding cake bakeries from having to make uh, cake, wedding cakes for sodomite homosexual weddings, which was, I thought, a very good bill. But even if you yeah. didn't think it was a good bill, even if someone didn't think – then a bunch of big corporations, Microsoft and others, I think, threatened to boycott Indiana. I don't know how many of you saw the next day Pence held a press conference. I have never seen a more weak-kneed, uh, scared guy willing to back down on his principles. Uh, somebody uh, on the Internet called him a, a hapless jackal, and I guess a jackal is some kind of a – of a donkey or something, I'm not dog. sure. The wild dog. Wild dog. Wild dog. Okay. Yeah. okay, they called him a hapless jackal, grabbed by the snout by a ferocious reptile who dragged him to his unceremonious death. That's what they called that. Mm -hmm. And that's what it looked like. He was backing mm -hmm. down in front of the LGBT MOUSE uh, coalition. Obviously, I mean, again, I don't know all your listeners. I, I, I am very strong on the the Ted Cruz side of the social issues, okay? Even stronger than I'm, – I'm, I would be stronger than Trump. Now, however, my reading is that Trump has good instincts, that he's not faking when he talks in public, that that's really him. My concern about Trump is what principle – he's basically a dealmaker. What principle will he not negotiate away? In other words, does he have principles that under pressure – and he's going to be under a lot of pressure – uh, what that he yeah. will not negotiate. I'm hoping he falls in the right direction. Uh, John and Bobby Kennedy made a lot of deals to get where they were, but they did do some tremendously courageous things that got them both shot in the head. I'm hoping yeah. Trump falls in the right direction. I'm hoping that. Um, uh, I am afraid, though, that with the picking of Pence, uh, and I know you're a big Newt Gingrich fan, uh, Robert, and I would have much rather seen much, much rather seen Newt Gingrich. My first choice was Senator Jeff Sessions of Alabama yep. because I don't want Trump to be shot or poisoned. Uh, I, I want to give him, I hope he has a chance to see what he would do when he was in there. And going through the vice presidents, I've now concluded that JFK signed his own death warrant when he picked LBJ. By the way, I, I better put a caveat here, okay? Because some of you may not agree with me on the background. I believe there is a oligarchy of basically tied in with the international bank bankers, those who can issue money, the Fed, IMF, uh, uh, the the, uh, the um, Bank of Settlements, and all this kind of stuff. 
these banks, sometimes they kill each other. Don't get me wrong. It's like, not like it's a monolithic uh, thing going on, but they do have coalitions, okay? And I believe that uh, uh, JFK signed his own death warrant now when he picked LBJ. Um, Reagan made a mistake. Reagan was going to pick Jack Kemp, and his good friend Senator Paul Laxalt put in his memoirs that uh, – uh, that that Laxalt called him from his bedroom when they were in the suite and and he was picking the vice president and Reagan said to Laxalt, I don't want to do it but they're trying to pressure me to take Bush. Well, they did take the elder Bush, and Reagan was shot. Now I'm not accusing. Understand, I'm not accusing LBJ or H. W. Bush of arranging it. Some people think LBJ had. I'm not accusing that. I'm saying there's a background force connected with these bankers that, that guide how they want the country to go. So Reagan was shot, and, and some people say he never totally recovered, but that was a bad – now, Nixon got it right. Richard Nixon picked somebody that they were more afraid of than him. That was Spiro Agnew, 1968. They didn't want to get Nixon out of there because Agnew, they were more afraid of what he would do as a, as a pretty staunch conservative. Uh, George Elder Bush did it right, too. He picked Dan Quayle. The, power, the background forces were much more afraid of Dan Quayle than they were of Bush. In other words, if they if Bush did stepped out of line, then then and he basically didn't. But if he had, then they didn't want Quayle in there. So you want to pick someone. That's why I was for Senator Jeff Sessions. I feel that the powers that be fear uh, Jeff Sessions just as much as they fear Trump. I do not think they fear Pence at all. And and I'm not saying Pence doesn't believe the right. Th- I believe I agree with what what. Uh, uh, Pence says on the on the local on the um, domestic level. I'm, but I don't think he's a strong man. I'm afraid he will cave in. I'm afraid the oligarchs mm-hmm. believe they can work with him, and much less so with Gingrich. Now Gingrich did do some bad things, like he and Dole and Clinton got NAFTA in on, on us, which has been disastrous. However, Gingrich is not the kind of guy I don't think that you can push around. But I'm afraid Pence is the guy that you can push around. Um, mm-hmm. Just give me one second here, Robert, and then I'll close. Just a second. I have to hand something to someone. Go ahead. Take your time. No, I agree with a lot of what, he, what he's saying. This is just right up. I mean, that's why I was rambling, you know, uh, to you girls, uh, you know, on Wednesday. Here I'm on trying to enjoy my vacation. And, and by the way, the uh, I wouldn't say it ruined two days of my vacation, but it did uh, okay. definitely put a dampener on my enjoyment of my of two days of my <laughs> vacation. Uh on Wednesday and Thursday uh, of last week, but uh, boy, as I man, I'm still not, you know, happy about it. I'm hoping, you know, it's uh, maybe a secretary of state or a, uh, you know, chief of staff position for Newt. I mean, I think Newt, Newt you know, should be in there for multiple reasons. Uh, but do we have you back, uh, Jim? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry there. I couldn't avoid that. I'm sorry. It's rude, but I could, I had to no, okay. somebody before they went to bed. Now, so to close up on this, um, I, I was hearing what you were saying there, Robert, and, of course, I'm just kind of guessing here, I, I'm totally guessing on this. I would imagine Newt would much rather be Secretary of State than uh, Chief of Staff um, because he he is, um, what do I want to say, he, he's just he's the kind of guy that wants to be more talking to the public and all that kind of stuff. And I will say that Newt um, has, in recent years, rhetorically, uh, he's been – very good on many things, and I would like to think that his the, his his evolve evolution, if you will, or his evolving of his career, is that's what he would be like. Um, but at any rate, um, so that. But I'm mainly afraid of Pence is now 
the 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 powers that be uh, behind the Republican and Democratic Party a way out if Trump gets too far out of line. Um, one mm-hmm. thing that is going to be last thing I'll say on the whole foreign policy thing. I am not I am not in favor of the warlike neocons like Bill Crystal and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and some people are still trying to act like Russia is uh, is is wanting to to attack us. And I I mean Russia has done a few things around Russia that certainly can be questioned, but, I mean, we are surrounding them. They're not surrounding us. I mean, if Russia had people in Canada, big armies and armies in Mexico and all that, what would we think of it? But that is basically what we're doing to them. So I'm not a, you know, some people that I know are real pro-Putin. I'm not that way. But I think it's like two gangs, two gangs with nuclear weapons. There's the New York, D.C. gang, the dominant gang, and then there's the Putin gang, and I'm, I, but I am not unsympathetic to Putin not wanting us our nose everywhere in his backyard. We don't want his nose. And Pat Buchanan and Donald Trump and a uh, professor out of I think it's Harvard or Yale. I, I know it's Harvard or Yale. I can't remember which one. Okay, they real quick, Trump. I got Jim. I got to cut you off. Uh, we got Newt coming on, and I want to hear oh, that. Sorry, sorry. Can you stay okay, to after a speech? No, it's okay. Can you stay to after a speech? I'll tell you what. I'll call. Back, can I call back in after a speech? Yes. Well, no, after 11 o'clock, you won't be able to call in. Oh, okay. I'll hold on then. I'll hold on. And I, I was about it. I was going to make one comment on, on foreign policy, but we don't really need to do that. I, I don't really okay. need to do that. I just... You can, just, okay. you can just, just mute, just mute your phone line, and just so stay there. The I'm sorry. Say that again. I'll mute my phone. What did you say, Robert? I said I'm going to go ahead and uh, mute your mic so we can hear the stream. Go ahead. Scenes of the assault require plays the French horn in the Fairfax fan. I am amazed at her achievements to be here as a Republican activist to see the extra effort Donald Trump has invested in bringing the Republican Party together. With no requirement for endorsement, he encouraged his competitors to speak once again. Governor Rick Perry, Governor Chris Christie, Governor Scott Walker, Dr. Ben Carson, Senator Marco Rubio, and Senator Ted Cruz have all responded to Donald Trump's generosity. Now, I think you misunderstood one paragraph that Ted Cruz was, who was a superb orator said. And I just want to point it out to you. Ted Cruz said, you can vote your conscience for anyone who will uphold the Constitution. In this election, there is only one candidate who will uphold the Constitution. So, to paraphrase St. Cruz, if you want to protect the Constitution of the United States, the only possible candidate this fall is the Trump Pence Republican ticket. That way, we have a Republican ticket to implement Republican principles in Washington. Now, what I want to focus on is a subject that has dominated my thinking for decades. How do we keep America safe? Keeping America safe is the first responsibility of the American president. There have been many fascinating things to watch about the extraordinary historic rise of Donald Trump. But the most significant 
has been Donald Trump's courage to tell some important truths about our national security. For example, we are at war. We are at war with radical Islamists. They are determined to kill us. They are stronger than we admit, and there is no substitute for victory. In contrast to Donald Trump, our national security and foreign policy elites, led by Hillary Clinton, are incapable of speaking with such honesty. While they lie about the threat, we need to tell the truth about the danger. If our enemies had their way, not a single woman in this room could define her future. If our enemies had their way, gays, lesbians, and transgender citizens would be put to death as they are today in the Islamic State in Iran. If our enemies had their way, every person on earth would be subject to conversion by the sword and to a cruel and violent system of law. There would be no individual liberty. There would be no equality. There would be no freedom. If you doubt we are at war, if you doubt that this threat is as well as I say, let me refresh your memory. On Monday, an Afghan refugee in Germany used an axe and knives to slash and wound train passengers while shouting, Allahu Akbar. Last week, ISIS claimed responsibility after a Tunisian man drove a cargo truck into a crowd in Nice, France. He murdered 84 people, including 10 children, three Americans, and injured over 300 others. Two weeks ago, almost 300 people were killed and more than 200 were wounded in bombing attacks in Baghdad. Two days before that, radical Islamists in Bangladesh killed 20 hostages, including three American college students. A few days before that, at the Istanbul airport in Turkey, ISIS attackers armed with guns and bombs killed 44 people and injured hundreds more. Last month, a radical Islamist in Paris stalked a French police officer to his home where he murdered the officer, tortured his wife to death in front of their three-year-old son while screening it all on social media. He was pondering out loud whether to kill the three-year-old when he was killed by police. Two days before that, an attacker pledging allegiance to ISIS killed 49 people in an Orlando nightclub and wounded dozens more. All this in just the past 37 days. We cannot let ourselves grow numb to these accumulating atrocities. One analysis estimated... <clears throat> one analysis estimated that since January of 2015, some 30,000 people have been killed at the hands of terrorists. Let's be clear. Donald Trump is right. We are at war with radical Islamists. We are losing the war, and we must change course to win the war. Let me be very clear, because I know the news media will do their best to distort this. We, we have nothing to fear from the vast majority of Muslims in the United States or around the world. The vast majority are peaceful. They are often the victims themselves. 
There are people we'd be happy to have as our friends and neighbors. The challenge, the challenge is when even a small percentage of a billion or 600 million people support violence against those who disagree with them, that is still a giant recruiting base. For example, Pew Research finds that only 9% of Muslims in Pakistan view ISIS favorably. Unfortunately, 9% is 16 million people, and that's just one country. So the truth is, although we are losing the war with radical Islamists, we have been very lucky. The danger we face is much worse than the horrors that happened in Germany on New Year's Eve when 1,200 women were assaulted. It's worse than what's happening in France, where there are stabbings of Jews in the streets, and the nation's security chief warned recently that Europe is, quote, on the brink of civil war. It's worse than what's happening in Israel, where average citizens fear for their lives whenever they leave their homes. The danger is even worse than September 11th, when 19 hijackers murdered almost 3,000 Americans. The worst-case scenario is losing an American city to terrorists armed with weapons of mass destruction. Instead of losing 3,000 people in one morning, we could lose more than 300,000. Instead of losing two great buildings, we could lose block after block after block to a nuclear event. That's not just my view. Back in January of 2001, the Hart-Rudman Commission warned the terrorists, quote, will acquire weapons of mass destruction and some will use them. Americans will likely die on American soil, possibly in large numbers, close quote. Fifteen years later, the dangers are even greater. In a world where Pakistan has nuclear weapons, where North Korea has nuclear weapons, and where Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, is close to having nuclear weapons, this, a catastrophic attack on innocent Americans, is a very real threat. Which brings us to the heart of the matter. We are sleepwalking through history as though this is all about politics. It is not. It is about our safety and our survival as a country. We cannot keep in place the people and the systems that have brought us to this point and that lie to us every single day about the threat. That is why every American should be terrified at the prospect of a Hillary Clinton presidency. Hillary Clinton has been right at the center of this dishonesty. We know this administration and its allies lied to us about the Iran nuclear deal. We know it because they openly bragged about it to the New York Times. We know that Hillary Clinton lied to us knowingly about the terror attack on our Benghazi consulate. We know that Hillary Clinton and President Obama lied to the American people when they say they can safely screen the Syrian refugees. They cannot. And yet, Hillary wants to increase the number by 500%. So when you hear about Hillary's dishonesty of the emails or taking millions from the Saudis and other Middle Eastern dictatorships. Remember, this is not about politics. The cost of Hillary's dishonesty could be the loss of America as we know it. The first step forward to safety is electing a leader who will be truthful with the American people about the realities we face. Only then will we understand, support, and demand the strategies required to confront this threat. And because safety and security 
are the preconditions for our freedom and prosperity, it is also the first step toward rebuilding the America we love. Donald Trump understands this, and that's why he will rebuild our military, because he knows that a strong military is the best way to ensure peace. Donald, Donald Trump will secure our borders, because there is no such thing as a nation without a border. Donald Trump will enforce our immigration laws. He will end the policy of deliberate non-enforcement and will end the abuse of our visa programs to protect American workers on their wages. Donald Trump will take care of our veterans by holding bureaucrats of the Veterans Administration accountable. He will fire those responsible for the waiting list and will give veterans more choices about their care. With Donald Trump's leadership, no bureaucrat will get between a veteran and their doctor. Donald Trump will get America building again. He will blow apart the ridiculous regulations and requirements that drive up infrastructure costs and drag out the timeline to get anything built. The Trump infrastructure program will make us once again the most competitive economy in the world. Donald Trump will rebuild our education system and give every parent of every income and every ethnic background a choice about where their children go to school. And Donald Trump will help us rebuild and strengthen our communities. Here again, the first step is safety. The basis for strong families and good jobs and vibrant neighborhoods, that means restoring law and order. Donald Trump will show zero tolerance for people calling for the death of police officers. Think about this. If anyone publicly threatens the life of the President of the United States, the Secret Service is on them in an instant. Our law enforcement officers deserve the same respect as the President of the United States. Of course, of course, if individual officers are found to have violated someone's rights, they must be held accountable under the law. America is based on the rule of law. We are one nation under God, indivisible liberty and justice for all. That is what has allowed us to absorb more people from more backgrounds than any nation in history. Nobody is above the law, and nobody is too small to deserve its protection. Donald Trump won our party's nomination because he is willing to tell the truth about the things that matter. He has a great running mate in Mike Pence. They will put our safety first, and they will defend America first. We can be proud to stand with them. So tonight, the challenge for everyone in this hall, and everyone Republican, Democrat, or Independent who's watching at home and knows we cannot continue on our current course, is to rise above our factions. Excuse me, and rise above the politics we've inherited. To ignore the lies of the news media and the old order. To reject the suicidal dishonesty of Hillary Clinton and her establishment allies. And to stand with Donald Trump and Mike Pence, what we know is true. We can make America safe again. We can make America work again. We can make America first again. And together, we can make America great again for all Americans. Thank you, and God bless the United States of America.
Okay. We'll continue our conversation, our commentary, uh, by starting off with uh, you, Jim. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring Jim back in uh, so he can give us uh, his thoughts on the speech. Of course, uh, we know that I would have liked uh, Newt to be the vice president, but maybe Secretary of State is uh, in his future. Perhaps that's what he's gearing for. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we'll get more to that. But first, let's go ahead and bring it over to you, Jim. Thank you. He's not off mute yet. No, yes, he is. <laughs> Maybe sorry, he didn't you know you himself. Can, 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 can you hear me now, uh, Robert? Yeah. Yes. Sorry, yes, sorry, good. sorry. I guess I did get a little <laughs> more. Right. I had myself muted. I, I got a little more long-winded. But let me sum up by uh, Trump, Buchanan, Professor Cohen of, I believe, Yale, might be Harvard. Uh, they've re- he's written at length, the professor, on why it is not sensible for the United States to be clashing with Russia with a, in a war unless uh, absolutely necessary. And some of the people I hear talking, like Bill Crystal and others, seem to want that war. And there's a few other foreign policy things. I'm not on board with the whole war on terror thing. Uh, I, I, I think that the, the statistics Newt gave on the Muslim danger is are true. The Muslims have historically always been a problem for the world. But I'm not believing all these attacks are coming about naturally. I know that may be very controversial for people. I think we're going to be treated to attacks every every few weeks. And I do fear that the, the, the background shadow government – by the way, I didn't mention a source. That would be The Secret of Oz by Bill Still on YouTube or The Money Masters by Bill Still, which is three and a half hours long, or – G. Edward Griffin's group, the creature from Jekyll Island, uh, would give a good hint of the background forces I'm talking about behind the Democrat and Republican Party. So that's The Secret of Oz by Bill Still is 90 minutes on YouTube, maybe the fastest way for people to take a look at that to see if they think it has any legitimacy. But uh, anyway, there's a few foreign policy things I'm not on board with hardly anybody. But uh, th- that was that's my read. I just I – just, uh, I, we can hope and pray that Pence is a stronger person than he looks like. That's my worry in the general situation. I do believe in an honest count. Uh, Trump would win by a landslide in all 50 states. But, of course, if you know how the vote is counted, it's counted in secret on computers, uh, often with nobody seeing any ballots ever if it, nobody asks for a recount. Uh, I'm afraid – I don't. I, I think the powers that be are willing to go with Trump now because Hillary is so – unbelievable. If she wins, I think at least half the country are going to believe that they fixed the computer. So they may may be willing to go with Trump, uh, but uh, it is a danger. There's a danger of massive computer vote fraud to get Hillary in there. That's what we've been working on and trying to get Donald Trump to speak up about. The closest he's come is to say the whole system is rigged. And he said that many times. And people that I, some people I know say, well, he knows the average American is not paying much attention, their eighth grade mentality. So he just keeps repeating it over and over. The system's rigged. And then that puts in their mind that it's going to be rigged against him. So, Robert, with that, I'll, I'll be quiet and, and let someone else comment. I, I, I have to be quiet, but real, real quick, real, Cindy, real quick comment before you make uh, I just want to make a note that, ten, uh, and maybe I'll, I'm going to show up on the audio and listen to it later, but. And Paul Ryan is the one introducing Pence, and I guess we'll listen to Pence later just because people are going to want to hear Pence, and I guess I want to hear him too, even though you know, it's a 
I still have my thoughts about him. Uh, but I think that's telling that Paul Ryan is the one introducing mm-hmm. Pence. Yeah. Go ahead. Sonny. Yes, and I want and I want you to know uh, that I agreed with everything you were saying before you had to go before the uh, the the thing break um, the the, the, the break. speech. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. I I totally agree with all that what you said. Oh, okay. Good. Good. And I, I'm not expecting people to agree with me on everything. And and Robert has a great show here. And some of the subjects I hinted at would take a whole hour show with several points of view to properly discuss them. So I know that I threw a few a little uh, uh, flamethrowers out there, which is kind of the, my normal procedure on on radio, just to make it interesting. But I realize everyone may not agree with everything that I say or hint at, and, and I'm not offended. I mean, I'm not offended because there's um, certainly r- intelligent people have different um, different takes on some of these things because we're living in a fairly complicated era with a lot of forces pushing back and forth on each other. You're right. And, and I don't really agree with you on the, the Putin thing because I think we should be a little tougher than we are with him. Not that I think okay. we ought to you know, stand, make a red line in the sand and say, don't cross over it. I'm not asking anybody to go there. But what I would like to see is a little bit stronger hand with Russia uh, when they start flexing their muscles with their neighbors. I think that they need to know that these people have um, separated from them and they want to stay separated from them and, and they need to respect that. Um, but that's you know that. No, I know. Like, I, I I agree. We don't want one country, uh, the Soviet Union, dominating other countries. Every country should allow them to be their their own country for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought as usual. So, well, you, Pence, you believe Pence is on? You, you believe Pence is on already? Let's go ahead and hear a little yeah. bit from him, and then we're going to bring in Susan, and then it sounds like we'll have plenty of time for commentary because uh, he's probably going to be the last person that we're going to listen to tonight. Uh, in the yeah. stream, so we'll have plenty of time after that to make commentary about everything we've heard tonight and moving forward. So let's go ahead and uh, get to hear from Mr. Pence. I'd like to thank Speaker Paul Ryan for that gracious welcome. But Paul knows me well, and he knows the introduction I prefer is just a little bit shorter. I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that world. You know, I'm new to this campaign, and honestly, I I never thought I'd be standing here. I thought I'd be spending this evening with all my friends from the great state of Indiana. Yet there I was, a few days ago in New York City, with a man who won 37 states, who faced 16 talented opponents and outlasted every one of them, and along the way brought millions of new voters into the Republican Party. He's a man known for a large personality, a a colorful style, and lots of charisma. And so I guess he was just looking for some balance on the table. Well, 
for those of you who don't know me, which is most of you, I grew up on the front row of the American dream. My grandfather immigrated to this country. I was raised in a small town in southern Indiana in a big family with a cornfield in the backyard. Although we weren't really a political family, the heroes of my youth were President John F. Kennedy and the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. When I was young, I watched my mom and dad build everything that matters, a family, a business, and a good name. I was raised to believe in hard work, in faith, and family. My dad, Ed Pence, was a combat veteran in Korea. Dad ran gas stations in our small town, and he was a great father. If Dad were with us today, I'd have a feeling he'd enjoy this moment and probably be pretty surprised. But it's such a joy for me to tell you that my mother is here. Would you join me in welcoming the light of my life, my mom, Nancy? Growing up, I actually started in politics in the other party until I heard the voice on the ideals of the 40th president, and I signed on for the Reagan Revolution. But the best thing that ever happened to me, even counting tonight, is that 31 years ago, I married the girl of my dreams, a school teacher, an artist. She is everything to me. Would you welcome my wonderful wife, Karen Pence? And regardless of any title I'll ever hold, the most important job I'll ever have is spelled D-A-D. Karen and I are blessed. Karen and I are blessed to be the parents of the three greatest kids in the world. A writer named Charlotte, a college student named Audrey, and a second lieutenant in the United States Marine Corps, Michael J. Penn. I'm so proud of you guys. Now, if you know anything about Hoosiers, you know we love to suit up and compete. We play to win. That's why I joined this campaign in a heartbeat. You have nominated a man for president who never quits, who never backs down, a fighter, a winner. Until now, he's had to do it all by himself. 
week with this united party he's got back up and on November 8th, I know we will elect Donald Trump to be the 45th president of the United States of America. Because we're running on the issues facing this country and because we're leveling with the American people about the stakes and the choice. You know, the American people are tired of being told. They're tired of being told that this is as good as it gets. They're tired of hearing politicians in both parties tell us that we'll get to that tomorrow while we pile a, a mountain range of debt on our children and our grandchildren. And as Ronald Reagan used to say, they're tired of being told that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital can plan our lives better for us than we can plan them for ourselves. In the end, this election comes down to just two names on the ballot, so let's resolve here and now that Hillary Clinton will never become president of the United States of America. Hillary Clinton essentially offers a third Obama term, and the role is perfect for her. She championed Obamacare because years earlier she had all but invented it. The national debt has nearly doubled in these eight years, and her only answer is to keep borrowing and spending. And like the president, she thinks the path to a growing economy is more taxes, more regulation, and more government. They tell us this economy is the best that we can do. It's nowhere near the best that we can do. It's just the best that they can do. And let me tell you, I know firsthand that it doesn't have to be like this. In my home state of Indiana, we prove every day that you can build a growing economy on balanced budgets, low taxes, even while making record investments in education and roads and health care. You know, Indiana is a state that works because conservative principles work every time you put them into practice. suffers under the weight of $19 trillion in a national debt. We in Indiana have a $2 billion surplus, the highest credit rating in the nation, even though we've cut taxes every year since I became governor four years ago. We have fewer state employees than when I took office, and businesses large and small have created nearly 150,000 new jobs, 
and there's more Hoosiers going to work than ever before. That's what you can do with common-sense Republican leadership, and that's exactly what the no-nonsense leadership of Donald Trump will bring to the White House. Donald Trump gets it. He's a genuine article. He's a doer in a game usually reserved for talkers. And when Donald Trump does his talking, he he doesn't tiptoe around the thousand new rules of political correctness. He's his own man, distinctly American. And where else would an independent spirit like his find a following than in the land of the free and the home of the brave? The funny thing is, thing is, the party in power seems helpless to figure out our nominee. The media has the same problem. They all keep telling each other that the usual methods will work against him. They, they keep thinking they've done him in, only to wake up the next morning and find that Donald Trump is still standing and running stronger than ever before. The man just doesn't quit. He perseveres. He's gone about as far as you can go in business, but he's never turned his back on the working men and women who make this country grow. And Donald Trump will never turn his back on those who serve and protect us at home and abroad. You know, It's been a heartbreaking time for the women and men in our law enforcement community. And in this time of great testing for them, let's let them know, here and now, all across this country, we will always stand with those who stand on the thin blue line of law enforcement. Trump was taking my measure as a possible running mate. I, I did some observing myself. I've seen the way he deals with people who work for him at every level. And I've seen the way they feel about working for him. Now, I'll grant you he can be a little rough with politicians on the stage, and I'll bet we see that again. seen this good man up close, his utter lack of pretense, 
his respect for the people who work for him, and his devotion to his family. And if you still doubt what I'm saying, remember, as we say back home, you can't fake good kids. How about his amazing children? I'm doing something. These are the true measures of our nominee. Chosen by the voters as the right man for these times. This is the outsider, my running mate, who turned a long shot campaign into a movement. Over in the other party, you know, if the idea was to present the exact opposite of a political outsider, the exact opposite of an uncalculating truth teller, then on that score, you got to hand it to the Democratic establishment. They outdid themselves this time. We have the very moment when America is crying out for something new and different. The other party has answered with a stale agenda and the most predictable of names. People in both parties are restless for change, ready to break free of old patterns in Washington, and Democrats are about to anoint someone who represents everything this country is tired of. You know, Hillary Clinton wants a better title, and I would, too, if I was already America's secretary of the status quo. You know, the choice couldn't be more clear. Americans can elect someone who literally personifies the failed establishment in Washington, D.C., or we can choose a leader who will fight every day to make America great again. It's change versus status quo. And my fellow Republicans, when Donald Trump becomes president of the United States of America, the change will be huge. fundamental problems in America that get talked to death in Washington, D.C., but they never get solved, and they even get worse. We've seen it by bad economic policies in ways that are deeply unfair to American workers. We see relentless mandates from the executive branch. It seems like no aspect of our lives is too small for the present administration to supervise, and no provision of the Constitution is too large for them to ignore. Meanwhile, we've seen borders that go unrespected, a military that's been diminished, and promise after ringing promise to our veterans promptly forgotten. Then Donald Trump came along and started saying what practically everybody was thinking anyway, that our leaders need to be stronger. Under Donald Trump, our deals will be small. Leaders will have 
what they need, and our veterans will have what they earn. We will secure our borders, protect our nation in all this. We will be more serious, and when we do, this nation will start winning again. You know, that's the message that men and women in both parties have been longing to hear. But none of us should think for one second that this will be easy. The outcome of this election depends on us and how we contend with an incredible onslaught that's coming our way. You know, this won't be America's first glimpse of the Clinton machine in action, as Bernie Sanders can tell you. And this time around, she'll have the press to have her work for her. The good news is it won't be nearly enough. Not against a candidate who's captured the attention of the country the way Donald Trump has. On issue by issue. He and I will take our case to the voters, pointing out the failures of the Obama-Clinton agenda and showing a better way. We will win the hearts and minds of the American people with an agenda for a stronger and more prosperous America. Now, the establishment in Washington, D.C. thinks it's only a narrow range of voters who are giving Donald Trump a serious look. But I can tell you firsthand, there's a lot of Americans out there who feel like Democrat politicians have taken them for granted. It's union members who don't want a president who promises to put a lot of coal miners and coal companies out of business. Those miners want an American energy policy, and they know that Donald Trump digs coal. It's African Americans who remember generations of hollow promises about safe streets and better schools. And they know Donald Trump will fight for equal opportunity, and he loves educational choice. And it's Hispanic Americans who respect the law, want jobs and opportunities for their families, who know that Donald Trump will uphold the law and get this economy moving for every American. You know, the party of Lincoln was founded on equality of opportunity. And during these difficult days, it will be our party and our agenda that opens the doors for every American to succeed and prosper in this land. You know, in so many ways, the Democratic Party has abandoned those it used to protect. 
maybe they become too entrenched in power, so comfortable at times that they lose patience with the normal legislative process. It's so much simpler to impose their values by executive order or court action. And make no mistake about it, Hillary Clinton has some big ideas along those lines, too. As this election approaches, every American should know that while we're filling the presidency for the next four years, this election will define the Supreme Court for the next 40. We all better think very carefully, very carefully about what this means for our Constitution and limited government. Elect Hillary Clinton, and you better get used to being subject to unelected judges using unaccountable power to take unconstitutional actions. Well, let me say, for the sake of the rule of law, for the sake of the sanctity of life, for the sake of our Second Amendment, and for the sake of all our other God-given liberties, we must ensure that the next president appointing justices to the Supreme Court is Donald Trump. And Hillary Clinton's record on foreign affairs gets even worse. You know, it was Hillary Clinton who helped undo all the gains of the troop surge, a staggering failure of judgment that set ISIS on the loose. It was Hillary Clinton who instigated the president's disastrous agreement with the radical militias in Iran. And it was Hillary Clinton who left Americans in harm's way in Benghazi and after four Americans fell, said, what difference at this point does it make? Father of a United States Marine, let me say from my heart, anyone who said that, anyone who did that, should be disqualified from ever serving as Commander-in-Chief of the Armed Forces of the United States of America. Seven and a half years of Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton's policies have weakened America's place in the world. Terrorist attacks at home and abroad, grim and heartbreaking scenes from France just a few short days ago, and the attempted coup in Turkey all attest to a world spinning apart. History teaches us that weakness arouses evil. Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama's foreign policy of leading from behind, moving red lines, feigning resets with Russia, and the rise, rule, and reign of ISIS 
are a testament to this truth of history. We cannot have four more years apologizing to our enemies and abandoning our friends. America needs to be strong for the world to be safe, and on the world stage, Donald Trump will lead from strength. Donald Trump will rebuild our military and stand with our allies. Donald Trump will confront radical Islamic terrorism at its source and destroy the enemies of our freedom. And if the world knows nothing else, it will know this. America stands with Israel. You know, if you looked at the calendar this morning, you might have noticed the presidency of Barack Obama ends exactly six months from today. much is certain of the Obama years. They're not ending well. There seems to be so many things that divide us, so few great purposes that unite us as they once did. And it's at moments like this, moments when politics fail, that I believe we do well to remember that what unites us far exceeds anything that sets us apart in America. That we are, as we have always been, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Should I have the awesome privilege to serve as your vice president, I promise to keep faith with that conviction, to pray daily for a wise and discerning heart for who is able to govern this great people of yours without it. My fellow Americans, I believe we have come to another rendezvous with destiny, and I have faith faith in the boundless capacity of the American people, and faith that God can still heal our land.
but we have a choice to make. This is another time for choosing. If you want a president who will protect this nation, confront radical Islamic terrorism and rid the world of ISIS, if you want a president who will restore law and order to this country and give law enforcement the support and resources they deserve, if you want a president who will cut taxes, grow our economy, and squeeze every nickel out of the federal bureaucracy, if you want a president who will build strong borders and enforce our laws, and if you want a president who will upend the status quo in Washington, D.C., and appoint justices to the Supreme Court who will uphold the Constitution, we have but one choice, and that man is ready. This team is ready. Our party is ready. And when we elect Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States, together, we will make America great again. Thank you. And God bless you. And God bless the United States. Okay, folks, and uh, thank you for staying uh, for the whole speech. It was a lot longer uh, than I thought. Uh, I'm not watching uh, the rest there. It looks like that Trump's going to come out and perhaps, uh, you know, put arms up with Pence. But uh, frankly, you know, as I've been chatting here on Facebook, uh, people know, you know, I support Trump, not 100%. I do not support his Pence pick uh, for reasons that uh, you've heard from me, as well as reasons, Jim, uh, that – We've had, uh, you know, that you stated, and I agree with, uh, you know, much of what you had to say about uh, Pence. So uh, we're going to do this in order with uh, you, Jim, and then we'll go to Susan and then Cindy. Uh, but let's go ahead and get uh, your thoughts now that you've heard uh, his, you know. Now, of course, I, I did put on something on Facebook, on Facebook where, of course, I got a lot of heat from it, but I don't care. Uh, you know, freedom of thought, right, is that, he started like whimpering up and, and tearing up and choking up. He started talking about his wife and family. I get it, but you're supposed to be the party of the, you know, the, the strong party, the, the party of the strong, you know, you got to exude, you know, strength. And then, I mean, with John Wayne, when he, when he go up there and start, you know, choke it up and tear it up. I mean, how many times have we heard people say, we need somebody more like a men, men need to be more like John Wayne and, and they're not. And he gets up there and the first thing he does is, is do a banner light. What do you think? Um, yeah I think that it is we need strong people I think that's one of the appeals I I really do not believe the polls that are being pounded down our throat they had a poll in I'll get back to women in a minute they had a poll in Ohio and Pennsylvania yesterday that had Hillary Clinton winning 88% of the black vote and uh, Donald Trump winning winning 0% now there's never I've never seen a poll like that so how many people did they pull? 200, 800? Rand Paul exposed that many times they were only pulling 200 people. Uh, do these – only a handful of companies are paid by the networks to do this. Some are network polls, some are universities. But I'd like to see – I don't trust these polls. I'd like to see how they're done. Now, with regard to women, you would think that all the women in the country uh, love the radical feminist misfits that re- run now. 
And a lot of women want a strong alpha male to protect the country and protect them and their children. So I don't believe for a minute that Donald Trump is, is uh, you know, suffering greatly with women or he's suffering uh, that much with, with, with the black uh, uh, portion of our country, even though the, um, you know, a lot of the, the black people are told they got to stay with the Democrats or the Republicans are going to abuse them. But I just, I just want to say, Robert, I don't buy these polls. And it's the same with the voting. Let's see the ballots. Let's see. Let's film how they do one of these polls. Let's film everyone they call, how many answer, which won't be a whole lot in the days of cell phones, which ones they pick. Is it how did they divide up the population? So we can't let our country be ruined by phony polls and phony election counts. Let's see the ballots. Let's count the ballots in the precincts before they leave the bat. And in that case, I do believe Trump would, would win. But, yeah, I, I agree with you. We want people are looking for strong leaders, and I'm sure it could be overwhelming for somebody like Pence who didn't expect to be there and so forth. And, uh, but at any rate, um, yeah, let me let me let somebody else comment. But uh, uh, I think you're right that people are uh, – a lot of people would like to see strong leaders that exude strength. Susan, let's go ahead and uh, get your thoughts on uh, on the speech. Well, you know, he said stand with Israel. That one just sucks with me. Stand with anything except my own country. I'm not standing with the Muslim countries. I'm not standing with Israel. I'm not standing with England. This is my country, and this is where I'm standing, on this, for this, for our three documents. And it just irks me when other people want to stand with some other country. No, no, that's not what our forefathers said. No, they said not entangling alliances. No alliances that are, you know, and uh, the Monroe Doctrine reigns supreme, in my opinion, and it should. And um, I'm not, I don't agree with him on that. Of course, there's a lot of them. Ted Cruz the same way. Men with Israel. No, okay. Uh, no, 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 no. Israel's not my country. If it is, then I guess I'd better be moving over there. Um and, you know, his immigration grades, as I said, has come up, so I'll give him a plus on that. He's a real up and down, like I said, from A to a D, and it's hard to pinpoint him for me. Um, the immigration thing is very important to me because we've just allowed so many to come in here that are not being uh, checked, not being you know, and uh, hopefully Trump will stick to his word on that, put up a wall or put crocodiles along the border or whatever it is he has to do, and uh, bring home our boys from all these godless, ridiculous wars and uh, station them on the border. Um, I, I, I actually called Witch Otter on the immigration thing, that, you know, the and I don't know that any of them are going to address this, but um, the um, little girl that was raped uh, here in Idaho that I'm sure you've all read about, at least I hope so, or hope so, in Twin Falls, um, she was like five years old and three boys. You know, some of them couldn't even get it up, and uh, so they just urinated on her. It was, it was pitiful. And this is from Iraq and I forget one of the African countries or something. And they're Muslim, yeah. And Butch Otter, you know, he's allowed this to happen. This is the governor, you know. And um, 
yeah, they, they're supposed to be states' rights, and I stand with that. But if Trump or them uh, got the uh, immigration thing situated, I would be for our state having to follow that in, in some way, shape, or form. And I called Witch Otter on it and because I was talking to Bo Burke, and she said, yeah, it's due to him that they're coming in here. Of course, it ultimately is due to Obama. But our governor wants those federal handouts, so he's not going to fight him on it, you know. And I told him, you might as well have been there raping that little girl yourself because you allowed this and you're complicit in the deed. And I told my client today, he says, oh, my God, you won't have black helicopters in your backyard. You're going to have black bombers flying overhead before I bomb you. I go, oh, well, I can't help it. I mean, this is how I feel. And if I feel that way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm going to, you know. Make sure that they know how I feel. So that's pretty much it for me. And Cindy, uh, what's your thoughts on uh, the speech and uh, you know things of that nature? And, and you know any of that? Well, you know, uh, Susan and I uh, agree often on the issue of Israel. I. Um, I do believe that we should stand with Israel, and and my reasons are mostly biblical because um, I believe this is a Christian nation, and um, it's it's Israel that needs to watch out making um, deals with other countries because they were told in the Bible to watch out for that. Uh, If anything, it's not Israel who is uh, making a bad decision uh, with it's, I mean, it's it's not us that's making the bad decision to stand with Israel. It's Israel making the bad decision to stand with us. And um, <clears throat> for one, and another thing is that we are uh, Israel is our only true ally over there in the Middle East. And I think we need to stay friends with them just for that uh, uh, benefit. But the Bible says in the Pentateuch that. Uh, those who bless Israel will be blessed, and those who curse Israel will be cursed. I take that to heart. I take it for uh, exactly how it was meant, and I think that our nation as a whole, part of the reason why we've had so much trouble with um, Muslims and and, uh, and financial issues uh, is a few few things, and one of them is because we're killing millions and millions of babies uh, through abortion, and another one is because of our um, uh, the way we have uh, forced Israel to um, come into agreements that they should not have come into agreement. And we put pressure on them and, and done things to them that um, uh, that I believe God is displeased with. But that's why Ron Paul Ron Paul said, "Stay out of everyone's business." And and, uh, and and I don't I, Israel and them can all fight it out. I don't care. Israel can defend themselves. I don't care. It's not our business. It's not our business to all the Muslim countries. It's not. We interfered with Iran and we lost the Shah, who was who didn't have an issue with Israel, uh, and he was a good guy. And look what happened. I mean, every time we mess with something, we make it worse. Well, let me let me clarify what I mean by supporting Israel. Number one, what you just said, allowing them to defend themselves. Number two, helping them to if they want us to. If they want to purchase a weapon from us, we ought to let them purchase that weapon. 
Um, uh, thirdly, trade with them. We we do need to trade with them fairly. Um, Israel is a, a hardworking nation. They have some of the same um, uh, cultural, um, you know, cultural uh, things that that we do and and they do alike. And uh, um, I think it's good to to be in in friends with nations like that. I see Israel as a better friend to us than France. Uh, and and in England in the past, uh, we'll see how they do now that they've uh, gone out of the gotten back out of the UN. I mean the uh, European nation, European whatever. Anyway, um, let's see there. But I mean, there's been people who used to be our allies who have treated us not not so well lately. Um, Israel has been steadfast and been our friend. Is there some background? Real quick, there's some background noise or something going on. Can we get rid of that, please? Yes, I don't know. Thank you. Well, anyway, uh, as far as as far as um, as far as his speech was concerned, um, well, you can't fault a man who loves his mom. Speaking from a mom's point of view, I would not be. Well, yeah, that's uh, fine. You don't got to start bu- bubbling. Uh, you know, we dealt with that with, um, you know, with with Boehner. I mean, Boehner was a was a crybaby. We certainly don't want to need our VP to be well, that. Well, I, I no, but here's the thing. I, I, you know, when a guy's talking about his family and his mom, I, I want to see a guy be able to turn soft on some issues. I want to see a guy be able to be soft when it's time and be able to be firm when it's time. And I think that Donald Trump represents that kind of a man. I'm not saying that Donald Trump's going to cry in public. I don't see that happening. But I don't Trump, mind I'm it when a guy is, I know, but I'm, I don't mind it when someone like Pence gets up there and, and uh, gets emotional about his family. I, I don't see anything like that. But, I mean, Boehner's up there crying because he got the job of speaker. I mean, that's just that's just stupid. But anyway, it was a good speech. I thought it was pretty... Um, I thought it was passionate, and I like passionate speeches. He seemed right on the the right right on the team. I mean, he's a good a good solid member of the team. He's not going to be one of the wishy washies. Um, he's going to support. I think he's going to support Trump in in the things he's going to do. And that was pointed out by a friend of mine on Facebook uh, last week uh, when he got chosen. I was very upset about it, and and he made the point that. Uh, don't worry about it because it's not really Pence that's going to um, drive the issues. It's going to be Trump that drives the issues, and and Pence will have to get on the train. Uh, the good old Trump. Well, well, my point was. But anyway. Well, my point was. Well, my point with that, Cindy, is that I, I the thing that bothered me the most about the Pence pick, besides him not being Newt Gingrich, of course, um, is that. <laughs> You know, if it, if it was Chris Christie, well, I don't like Chris Christie. I would have thought Chris Christie would have been a better pick for Pence than, I mean, better pick for Trump than Pence. Because let's be honest, the establishment don't uh, like Chris Christie. Even though he's a rhino, the, I don't think the establishment still likes him. But the thing that bothers me the most about Pence is that he's a Paul Ryan darling. That's who Paul Ryan and the establishment wanted Trump to pick. And the establishment, Trump's uh, Trump's best is not Trump's best interest is not what they have in heart. So they put. I don't think Pence can help him 
I really don't. And and he well, came. That's the thing that concerns me the most. Trump Trump caved to the establishment already. His first big decision, his first big decision that Trump makes. Only something they say is the, is the first big decision that candidate makes is picking his VP pick, and his first big de- his first big decision is to cave into the establishment. Well, you know, I agreed with that point, and that that was a little scary, and I still have to say it is a scary thing. But the fact that uh, here's the thing: the fact that he was a former delegate uh, Democrat really explains a lot of things. It explains the flip-flopping on some of these uh, uh, social issues because he's really not quite sure whether he's committed or not to these new ideals, and uh, whether like or Trump. not those new ideals those new ideals are defined in this way. You know, uh, the TPP. Uh, he's just not quite sure what a conservative should do about that. He's not sure concerned. Uh, He's concerned about fairness when it comes to immigration because that's a that's an old Democrat idea that's still kind of hidden inside of him because you know he's been uh, brainwashed you know um, then and then you know he's more concerned about what's fair rather than what's right what's really right you know he's just not sure about some of these issues that we conservatives espouse and so you know it may take him a while to um, to relearn those things, and he's not there yet, but maybe Trump can get him there, and uh, it's Newt Gingrich is hanging around in the cabinet somewhere, or or chief of staff, or whatever, um, he, he'll he he'll get even more of that from him, and, and eventually he will begin to think more like a conservative, hopefully, um, before he, in one day, may actually run for president himself, um, and then he'll be on his own, and we'll really see what his agenda is, but anyway... Democrats. I loved how he said this is uh, that the Democrats believe that this economy that we have is the best we can do. But he said it's nowhere near the best that we can do. It's just the best they can do. I really liked that statement. Um, there were a few things. There were a few highlights that he, he did a good job on. Um, I liked uh, where else can an independent free thinker find a home but in the land of the free and the home of the brave. And uh, you heard the crowd. They loved it, too. Um, I liked yeah. that he was. Uh, I loved his uh, the law ensor- the law enforcement support, um, and I liked how uh, he talked about Trump as down to earth and um, how he had earned his money. It wasn't given to him. Um, you know, his father loaned him a hefty sum to get started, but basically it was all his work that got it done. So I really am a Trump fan when it comes to to that kind of thing. I, I have no problem with that man being rich because I know uh, how he got it. And he did it by living the American dream. And that's what we all espouse to. That's all what we, excuse me, that's what we all uh, aspire to. Anyway, um, uh, I loved how he said that she was the secretary of status quo. That's uh, a little bit, um, um you know, that's been heard around. It's been bantered around a little bit. But anyway, I, I loved how he said that, that the change would be huge. But the only thing he, sh- he should have said it, the change will be huge, because that's how he says it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, and and, and um, another thing that he said was that was really good was um, that Hillary will have the press doing half her work for her, but it still won't be nearly enough. 
Um, I tell you what, if she wins, um, Jim, it'll it'll be because of voter fraud, uh, as we were discussing earlier. But anyway, I, I also liked how he pointed out that there was a wide variety of people looking at Trump, um, deciding whether they're going to vote for him. And um, all these folks, used to, a lot of these folks used to be um, avid Democrat supporters. And yet now they're starting to look outside the Democrat Party thanks to Barack Obama and the way he has just totally messed up this nation. And uh, of course, he had his little Reagan, uh, his little Reagan quote. Well, yeah, he got to throw the Ronald Reagan thing in there. Yeah. Well, another rendezvous with destiny thing, and and he's really right about that. We are at another crossroads mm-hmm. where if oh, we I don't agree. get if we don't get Trump in there, it will be uh, this nation will never recover. I, I don't think this yep. nation will ever recover. And here's my concern. Here, here's my concern. And, and I'm gonna and, and the Jim, you know, well, I like to get your commentary on that. Well, everybody, but you, Jim. Here's my concern. And I do have a, a Skype caller on the line, and maybe our friend John uh, will get you in shortly. Because my gosh, the show is going by fast, and I don't know if I like doing this nine o'clock show. I don't know. I mean, it might be better, might not. But boy, it just seems to go too fast at nine o'clock. It's only midnight. I'm not ready to be for the show to be over. Well, are you kidding me? Um, but oh, maybe I could do back to back shows where we could go from nine. Maybe we could go from nine o'clock, and then I could schedule a show to start right afterwards. And we could go to nine o'clock at night till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, right. Right. Um, as much as I like that, uh, <laughs> maybe some nights. Well, some nights we could probably get another hour. But anyway, my no, point because no, we already know the time, and I do want to get a couple other people in there. Well, there are times we could get another hour in. But anyway, and I do, I do have the callers I'm going to get in, but I do want to get uh, Jim's take, and then we'll get the other callers in. And hopefully we'll be able to get enough info. Unfortunately, to shut things down. But anyway, is that this? As I said earlier, if Donald Trump has already caved once in his first big decision with the establishment, okay, what, it makes me concerned. What else? What else is this guy going to cave in for? Now, am I saying, oh my God, I'm going to go out and vote for Hillary? Of course not. So all these people say, now I'm a Hillary supporter because I don't agree with 100% of. What uh, Trump says and does, oh, my God, it must be a hill. No. My concern is, is one of the things, that you, as everyone here has pointed out, is the status quo. And if, he, and if Trump is already giving in to the, you know, giving in and making deals with the establishment, what else is he going to cave into? What else is he going to, uh, you know, give into? And who? It, it, thank you for the musical background. I don't know who's doing that. But, um <laughs> But but what I mean is he now is he going to cave to the Democrats? Is he going to cave to the Rhinos in the House and Senate? And and if he is someone who's going to cave and and make these deals now, yeah, he's, he's always saying he's going to make deals. But what kind of deals? Is it going to be the who is he going to be dealing with? And is is the deal going to be an, the benefit for the people? I don't think the tenth pick benefits anyone. I really don't. I don't think it helps Trump. I don't think it helps the American people. I don't. I don't see it yet. I'm. I'm not sold on Pence yet. Okay. You know. Well, I, I, I was. Said, oh, I yeah. like Jim. I like Jim's uh, analysis on that earlier, where he said that he was worried about it too because uh, Trump has just left himself open to uh, assassination, basically, because they don't mind having Pence. So if he doesn't, uh, you know, if he gets too far out of out of their realm of comfort. Uh, they may decide to do away with him. 
Yeah, that's uh, and, and I mean, I'm not as as concerned about it, you know, that's in an assassination attempt. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, now, I mean, if you look, I mean, if you look at the who McCain picked, and you look at who Bush, you know, Bush Senior picked, and I think you know the person who had the strongest VP pick, you know, since Reagan was probably Bush the second and Cheney. Seriously, I think it was probably the strongest VP we've had since you know since you know Ronald Reagan Thomas, not before. Um, and some would even contend that Cheney was the one who really wore the pants in that, you know, uh, political family, if you know what I mean. Um, but but regardless, is that it, it, my point is this, and then I'm going to bring in our other callers, is that if Trump is willing to negotiate, make deals with the left, then we're just going to see status quo again, are we not? I mean, we look, look how much Republicans fought to be in the House and the Senate. And has anything changed? Does it, does it have Obama getting pretty much everything he wanted? Yes. So what's to say that the statists, the globalists, the establishment, aren't going to get everything they want from Trump? And then you've got the status quo. So, yeah, will we get, will we get Hillary Clinton? Would be awful, certainly. But if we get a Donald Trump that's just going to give into the establishment, let's be honest, the Republican Party and the Democrat Party are pretty much the same anymore. So if he's going to be if if he's just going to give into the status quo, that's not going to get it. That's not going to make America great again. That's not going to get us anywhere. It may slow things down, but is it really going to turn things around the way that we need them to? Uh, let's go ahead and uh, get John's thoughts on that, and then we think I think we have James, and then but actually first before I get those guys in, because I said I want to get Jim's thoughts first. Let's go ahead and get your thoughts on that, Jim, and then we've got uh, John and Gene. Put John and Gene your okay, uh, mic trip, and we'll get yeah. you in. I will be real brief because I want to hear the callers. Uh, it's probably another show, and I don't even know if it's in the purview of your show, um, uh, Robert. Everything is in the purview of Bard's Logic, Jim. <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. Well, Cindy, Suzanne, I believe, with, gave the first commentary after me and then Cindy, right? Um, mm-hmm. Susan. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, a very important subject they both touched on, and I'm, I'm more with uh, – uh, with Suzanne on the Israel thing. Now, there's several questions, though. If if one is a Christian and they take the Bible seriously, if God has commanded us to help the current-day Jews take Israel, well, we've got to drop everything and do that. But is that the case? For instance, uh, this bless Israel and, or not bless Israel, that was said to Abraham 25 years before he was circumcised and became a Jew. So remember, there were 12 tribes of Israel. Many people think the European peoples were those tribes. And and then, then also, some people think that Israel became the Christian church, and that's what that passage means. So there's a whole bunch of stuff, Robert. Yeah. If you, You'd probably have to devote a whole hour to it because there's the Christian Zionists. And then there's those of us I, – I, I don't know if Suzanne is a Christian or not. I am, but I yeah. believe – I okay, I believe Dr. Robertson Genesis is – has uh, really explicated this issue properly, and this idea that we got to go along with everything that Netanyahu does is not Christ. Christ stood up to the Pharisees when the, the Jews that did not accept him, he stood up to them. The Jews that did accept him became the apostles and so forth, and the disciples. But he stood up to the Pharisees. Look at John uh, chapter eight forty four. So. Uh, this idea that we got to go along with everything that Israel does is not – I don't believe it's Christian, but this is a big subject. I don't mean to start an argument, but I, I want to let you go to the caller. So. And I, and I just was wondering Agreed. this, thinking of uh, Kelly. How did a pagan like myself get so many Christians on my show? 
But anyway, I'm just kind of joking, folks. Um, well, wait a minute. I never really said I was a Christian. I said I was a follower of Christ. There's a difference between a Christian and a disciple. Because Jesus didn't say, come follow me and be my Christian. He said, be a disciple and learn from me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, so, I, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute with that, and I didn't mean to be making any uh, polemical no, no, stance. No, no, that's by, okay. <laughs> but, but at no, any that's rate, okay. but that's, that's these okay. are real important questions, and I don't mean to disrespect anybody on the call. I just think that Ryan, no, uh, Robert, didn't. maybe you, you would want to maybe do a whole show on Israel in light of politics and in light of Bill, or maybe not. But I'm the, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I want to. I want to. No, we're willing to talk about anything here. But let's okay. go ahead and get, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get John in. Uh, John, you there with us? Yes, sir, indeed. Hey, John. Uh, let's go ahead Hi, and bring John. it in, and we'll Hi, get John. Jane in, and then, my gosh, we'll have to get ready to close things out, unfortunately. Josh, this is terrible. I'm so upset about hey. how much little time we've got left. Go ahead, John. It's better late than never, and if you want to extend the show, I think that would be a great idea, because it, it's like every time it's the same song and dance, we get to this point, and it's like, man, already out of time. But anyway, to get to the point, I, I sense there's, it doesn't matter which party wins, whether it be Clinton or Trump, there's still so much deception going on. We're going to have a police state. We continue to ignore certain factions of our, of our country that are adamantly against both candidates, and those people are not going to shut up just because the rest of us decide to go ahead with what we're doing. And... That's just a so I kind of feel for everybody in the sense that what I heard tonight, and I, you know, I'm like going, man, why do I always feel like I'm stuck in the middle of everybody? Everybody that says their point, I'm like, okay, I agree a little bit here and there, but they're not looking at this other point here. So I see a great deception going on, is what I'm seeing, and I think we're going to have a police state within the next year and a half to two years because it's just going to continue to get worse. And everybody's buying into this um, philosophy that uh, the, you know, the law and order has to be hammered down and stuff because of all the riots going on as well as ISIS coming into our country and, and stirring up all this stuff. Well, the more that you put a hammer or try to hold down a free people that's supposed to have independence and your motto for your country is, you know, a free and independent society and, and each individual ends up realizing, well, I'm not really free or independent. We have an oligarchy of fascists that dictate to me the law. All I get to do is a horse and uh, dog show vote, which doesn't allow me to self-govern. They do all the governing, and I just get the vote. That means I'm just this legislative slave, taxation without representation. <coughs> We're just going to have the same problem we had before. We're just voting in another oligarchy of dictators. And Gene, what do you, what, what's your thoughts on what uh, what John has said and, and others? Go ahead. Uh, yes, I'm kind of going back a little bit, but I would stand with Israel because of Revelation. That doesn't mean we have to do everything, but I'd like to see that we support them with arms and different things to the RR. Friend, and then I'm disappointed on the selection of Pence. I don't know if that was what the so-called experts recommended, but I just don't think that he's doing any good for Trump. He, he should have picked somebody that would have helped him out, you know, no matter whatever the philosophy or the reason that that would have made him 
that ticket more appeal. Yeah, Ron Paul or somebody that made the then what was his name Carson? I have the name right. Somebody that would have made more of appeal on on his ticket to get more votes. Maybe even get some Bernie people or whatever. But I just don't see that <laughs> does anything for anyone. I don't. And you actually reminded me of something. And I think you know, you reminded me of something, uh, Gene. I appreciate that. Is back in 2012. Okay, think about this. Let's go back to 2012. In 2012, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, people hate Obama. Hate Obama. Obama is so hated that you know the establishment, the Republican establishment thought, you know what? We can do anything we want to get our guy Mitt Romney into that seat because there's no way in hell that Obama's going to get." Reelected? No way. So, man, that's why they fought so hard. They thought we're finally going to get our guy in, right? You know, to be the president, that was Mitt Romney, and they end up picking the worst person possible to go up against Obama. And I said that oh, yeah. once, and you know, got much of two mind harm. Romney was the worst candidate to go up against Obama, and that's who they wanted. That, that that's what they, you know. Even there was even a gosh, I wish I wish to cut the article where there was a there was an admittance from Romney that yeah we stole the election basically there was an admission there yeah, I'll, I'll have to look it up <laughs> you can find it but but, um, but yeah but I think that, that that what the Republicans may be doing again is saying you know what we think Hillary's so hated and I think in a lot of ways she is that yeah we've got Trump and Trump could maybe beat her but you know what we are not going to need someone to, uh, you know, to build up Trump in order to, to defeat Hillary. We don't need, you know, someone to compliment him to be to, to beat Hillary. She's already going to be beaten, and I think that's going to be a mistake on their part. What do you think, you? Oh, yeah. I don't like the tortoise and the hare. The hare thought he had it won, and uh, the uh, hare went for a nap, and the tortoise went on by. we got to be careful not to have to happen again. Yeah. And there's some background going on. I don't know where that's coming from, but if we can get, get rid of that, I appreciate Are you able to just mute? I mean, I, I don't think it's coming from here, but maybe you could mute each caller who's on the line and find out where that's coming from. Well, yeah, I'm able, yeah I'm, able, I'm able to do that. So if we get that again, I'll have to, I'll have to do that. But I do see, speaking of that, well, I might have to do back-to-back shows, or at least another hour at some point if that's something I'll be able to do. It won't, won't be tonight. Uh, but something for me to think about. Uh, but it is 13 minutes left for the whole shoot match, including right. my last five minutes need to end the show. And so that only gives us, uh, you know, about eight minutes uh, in order to do our closing thoughts. And we've got, besides myself, uh, you know, five other people on the line. So what I'm going to have to do is just give two minutes to each person uh, for closing comments. And this is how we're going to do it. We'll get our, our new folks uh, who just got on the line first. And so we'll do uh, you, John, and then Gene. And then we will uh, give it over to you, Susan, and then uh, to you, Cindy. And then we'll have uh, last for you, Jim. And then I'll close things out. But we really will need to limit it uh, to two minutes. So let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, uh, John. Yeah, well, it was very interesting this evening. I was kind of watching the convention while you guys were talking and, and on, except for the parts where you were actually just running the convention on yourself. But the thing that sticks out to me is that every, each group 
is just listening to a certain portion of our society. And it just caters right to the, for those Christians out here that are possibly listening, to the setup for the Antichrist to take power. And as long as we want to allow the power to be consolidated, which is what all of this stuff is all about, everything I hear is all about consolidating power to an oligarchy few. And then the Antichrist can take over and manipulate the whole thing, and we're just out of luck. And nobody seems to be noticing that. We talk around it, and they may think we're those of us that think about those things or see it think we're crazy. So, you know, well, well, it's there all is, about consolidating power so a, a small group can run roughshod over the rest of us. It doesn't matter which party it is that gets elected. Well, there what is a – uh, there, I was going to say there is a book out uh, from the Olive Press Publishers, and it's from Arno, I guess, Froese, it's F-R-O-E-S-E, that you may want to look up. Uh, it's called How Democracy – and I just find these things interesting, not that I necessarily believe in them. But it says how democracy will elect the Antichrist. And I read some of it. I, you know, I get so many books, sex life books, I don't get a chance to read all of them or read through them. But uh, anyway, that might be a book for you folks to check out. It's how democracy will elect the Antichrist. And maybe I'll try to work on getting this person onto the show. I think it would be an interesting uh, show for that. And it's by Arno, uh, F-R-O-E. S-E, maybe it's Froese is how it's pronounced, um, and that is by the Olive Press Publishers uh, in Columbia, South Carolina. So if you guys want to hey, check Rob, that out, go ahead, but uh, sorry about that. We'll have to bring it to Gene. Yes? Robert, maybe you need to start selling Christian books on your website because you've got so many Christians <laughs> listening to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, I am thinking. I am, I am thinking about uh, something the sales wise, but it has nothing to do with any religious stuff, but maybe maybe we'll uh, bring that up later. Uh, but let's go ahead and bring it over to Eugene. Thanks, John, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing you next week. And, and Jim, I definitely want to us, us talk off the air at some point soon so we can uh, work on some, some shows together for some different topics, uh, perhaps this being uh, one of them and the things you're talking about. So let's go ahead and bring it over to Eugene. Okay. Uh, yes, I really enjoyed this speech, on, and, and I didn't happen to hear all of it, but what I heard ever really – uh, enjoyed his speech, and hopefully, if Trump gets elected, he would still do a lot of good things. You know, being a business person, everything. So I haven't given up on him yet. But first, to hopefully that Trump can get elected, that the Democrats don't sneak in again. Well, tomorrow night, Trump is supposed to, through my understanding, kind of get some hints on who the people will be in his can, uh, cabinet. Now, unfortunately, I'll be doing my uh, day job, but at this point, my day job will be at night. So I'll miss it, so I'll uh, have to record that and watch it later. Uh, but I appreciate it, and so let's uh, go, and we'll uh, hopefully see you next week, Gene. And so let's go ahead and bring oh, it to you, Susan. Okay. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay. I, I hate that we have to rush, folks. But... Oh, yes. Susan, That's go ahead. Right. Um, I um I'm back to the uh, I want you to ponder this for if we do have a show, um we have oh boy I'm just really opening a can of worms but since Pence did by saying what he did about saying with Israel, um how come Ron Emanuel and a lot of them Democrat there's a lot of Jews and they don't stand with Israel and they vote Democrat and Ron Emanuel is Jewish he's one example. So you know what? 
I rest my case on that because I think if the Jewish people here can't vote Republican, can't uh, support their own nation, supposedly, uh, there's something seriously wrong. And Cindy, uh, go ahead with you and then Jim, and then I'll unfortunately have to close things off for tonight. Cindy? Well, I'm going to wait till we have another show to, to talk any more about that issue. But um, <laughs> uh, as far as Newt, uh, I mean, excuse me, as far as um, Trump making deals, like you said, uh, Robert, uh, Newt had to make some deals, too, to get things done with the Democrats. Um, but hopefully, since um, Trump is only going to have to deal with Republicans, basically, as long as the, the Senate uh, re- is retained by the, a Republican majority, um, he can probably work with those guys, with those groups, because he can put the pressure on them back at the home. He can say, "I had a mandate to make these changes, and you're going to tell your people back home that you're not going to agree with me on these mandates, and you're not going to sign up for these mandates." Well, then maybe in uh, uh, 2018, you might be sitting in another chair somewhere uh, in somebody else's office. But anyway, uh, as usual, Newt was the smartest man in the room tonight. Um, he really knows how to teach, and he teaches how he teaches you. Uh, he, he's so good at, at at defining the issues, at making the case for um, um, Trump's policies. I I just wish, wish, wish that it was Newt who was going to be campaigning with him, and giving yeah. speeches yeah. with him that w- that would that would outline that case for uh, getting the Democrats. To sign up to his policies, and um, I, I wish it was He's he much who was going to be on that debate, on that debate oh, yeah. stage, uh, debating whoever mm-hmm. Hillary picks. He would tear them apart. Um, Pence, yes. Pence can't come close to Newt's ability to teach and lay out an argument. Oh, yeah. um, but he is he is he is um, fervent. He can be fervent, which which is good. And we're just going to have to hope that gets him somewhere. And um, if he gets with Trump enough and and knows what the Trump uh, agenda is going to be, he'll be able to – certainly he can do better than any Democrat they put up against him, for Pete's sake. Um, But, you know, he mentioned uh, mentioned Trump uh, was allowing detractors – Cindy, I, I hate to do this, but yeah, I've only I've only got a few okay. minutes left. I want to be able to get everybody gets some in. I really apologize. I know that's important. We, we should probably go for another hour. We probably could have gone for another hour tonight. That's why, seriously, I may have to to, to look into that, even if it's just a possibility. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring it over uh, to you, Jim. That's it. And one last comment: if the, she picks Elizabeth Warren as her. Um, as her running mate, she'll destroy Pence in the debate. Is what I'm saying. Go ahead, uh, Jim. Uh, Robert, do you have your five minutes left, or do you do? Should I just say good night and let you do your five minutes? Well, go ahead and uh, take about a minute or, t- or, or so, and then I'll have to close things out. I'll be real quick. What the gentleman said, it might have been Gene about end times and Antichrist. We may be in the end times, or we may be in that time in Matthew 24 where Christ says the end is not yet. All the signs are on the wall of the end of the world, but then the end is not yet. There's another period. In any case, I think we got to look at another Bible verse, occupy until I come or keep working till I come, Jesus said. So we got to fix the voting. We got to fix the money. We got to end abortion so our nation will be blessed. We should keep working for those things in good cheer. And we don't know where we are in prophecy, but let's work as strong Christians and strong Americans in good cheer. 
uh, while we have the time to do so. Agreed. Well, I appreciate that, gentlemen. Appreciate everybody coming to the show tonight. Uh, definitely want to have all of you on, uh, and Jim, I definitely want to have some topics, uh, you know, that you've discussed and have uh, whole shows on them. And uh, perhaps, as I said, I'll try to reach out as, as possible to this guy. It'll be, it'll be an interesting show. Uh, as I said, not something I particularly subscribe to, but it's, I think it would be interesting, and I think you guys would enjoy it as well. And uh, that's what Bard's Logic is about. It's uh, the grassroots We the People show. It's uh, not my show, but yours. And so what I'll do is I will end tonight as I do every night, and that is by playing the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. And so till next week, uh, take care, and we'll see you then. Good night. Good night. Good night. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.